Hello there, friends. This is Spencer Michaud, and today we're going to be talking about the new moon in the second decan of Aries. I am joined today by my good friend, C.V. Henriette of Art of the Zodiac. How are you doing today, C.V.? Good, Spencer. Lovely to be with you on this wonderful Wednesday. Wednesday. <laughs> what day is it? <laughs> <laughs> the, moon, the moon's conjoining Jupiter and Pisces today, so we're all just in this like dream <laughs> state right now. <laughs> right? In this balsamic moon phase that we're recording this in before the new moon, so... Um, so yeah, so welcome CV and, and thank you for joining me today. I'm just going to take a look at the chat real quick and then we'll, we'll dive into it. Um, we have a few people joining us in the chat and if you're just joining us in the chat, my friends, um, you know, drop me a, drop me a message in there. Let me know where you're coming, coming from. Let us know that you're here. Um, I see we've got Jody joining us from sunny South Florida. Thank you, Jody. William Holloway is here from Baltimore. Hello, William. William. Hey, William's a, a friend, of, a mutual friend of ours that CV talks to a lot on her Instagram channel. So welcome, William. Uh, place of still stillness is here. Hello, Manuela, coming from Sweden. Nice to see you as well, my friend. Tarja is here from Finland. Welcome, Tarja. Raven Gray is stopping in from the Sunflower State. Ooh, sunflowers. Mm -hmm. Um, Chet, Chet is here. Chet Clover from Detroit. Hey, Chet, uh, stopping in from my neck of the woods here in Michigan. <clears throat> Remco is stopping in from the Netherlands. Hello, Remco, my friend. And we have uh, some other folks stopping in. So as they stop in, we'll we'll welcome you in. But um, yes, Fion here from Ireland. So thank you, my friends. We've got a, a really nice crew. Uh, really nice. Um, community. Yevgen. Yevgen's here from California. Hello, Yevgen. Welcome. Hope you're doing well, my friend. Um, so we're going to dive into the new moon in Aries 2 today, CV. Before we get into that, why don't you tell our audience a little bit about yourself, your services, where we can find you, and all things uh, CV. Well, uh, my name is CV Henriette. I do astrological readings and writings. Writings? Written's <laughs> under Art of the Zodiac, where you can find me on inter the internet, artofthezodiac.co, and then I have an Instagram account, which is where I do a lot of my astro tarot chats with people. And what else? I was born at zero degrees Aries, so hey. I'm extra stoked for this talk. That's why, that's why I wanted you to come on with me today, because I always like bringing on people that have lived some of the placements we're going to deal with. So I, I'm really, yeah. really excited to hear your perspective on that. Yeah, I have uh, Mars on my midheaven in Aries. So. Nice. Anyway, um, yeah. So you, have, so, so you have Mars in this decan, right? In the second uh -huh, decan? Uh -huh. There you go. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So I'm, I'm extra excited for this talk. And yeah, so follow me on... Um, Instagram at art underscore of underscore the underscore zodiac and um, and uh, let's let's get to it. Okay. And and you have something coming up this afternoon if people want to join you on your channel, right? I do. I have a IG live chat with my friend and um, astrologer Monica Bravo, who's actually an evolutionary astrologer and and visual artist so um it's exciting i'm going to chat with her about something i honest to goodness know like basically nothing about 
I know a little bit about art. I know nothing about evolutionary astrology. So hop in for the ride, friends. Well, it's always nice to get different perspectives, right? I mean, we kind of have a more of a Hellenistic traditional bent here, but I'm, I would say that I'm still open to the, the divine communicating in different ways. So I, you know, to each oh, his own. Oh, absolutely. I get so excited and I'm sure I, not to dip dovetail, but like, I'm sure there's a lot of different astro types of astrologers on your channel today, but it is always like amazing to me when I can sit with an astrologer who studies and practices in a completely like different way and yeah. get like amazing results. Yeah. I don't know how it happens, but it does. And it's super exciting to. Well, I, w I would say that, that, and that's a, this is an interesting tangent for me because you know, when I do what I do, my webinars, I call them integrative divination. So thinking of astrology as divination, you know, as long as you have a system that you're consistent with, mm -hmm. um, I think that you can receive messages in, in certain ways. It's sort of, I was talking about this with another uh, friend recently where we were talking about different methods to connect spiritually. And we started talking about that story of the different mystics that were touching the elephant. And one was like, it's like a tree with someone <laughs> touching the leg. And someone's like, it's like a snake touching the tail. <laughs> you know, it's like a giant leaf with the ear. So I think that that's one of the reasons I think it's good to explore different cultures, different voices, um, different time frames in history, because then when we start comparing those things, we can see what, what truths are we able to pull out from that and condense, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. I just, just quick tangent on that. I recently started reading tarot, mm -hmm. um, long story around that. And um, I still have no idea how it works, but it does. Yeah, yeah. So I feel like if you ever want to like understand like divination, if you're an astrologer and you haven't picked up tarot, like do so, because it just expresses everything you just said. 100%. Well, uh, some, some more business to get out of the way before we dive into this new moon CV. Um, I have my Decans of Aries webinar coming up on April the 9th, which is a Saturday. Uh, I'm doing kind of like the second Saturdays of the month generally for these webinars at 1 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. And to, this is the last week for my coupon code ARIES20. So if you want to save 20% on the Decans of ARIES or the spring bundle that includes ARIES, Taurus, and Gemini, um, make sure you click the link in the description of this video or however you're listening. You can go to my website, spencermichaud.com as well. Um, and make sure you sign up because it'd be great to see all of you there. I'm really really excited um, for the, the really great group that we have working together to uncover some of these secrets of the universe and um, all these comparisons with different divinatory systems. We do talk about tarot, fixed stars, astrology, mythology. There's a lot of storytelling going on, so I'm um, looking forward to seeing all of you there. Uh, a couple things that you can do if you want to support the work that I'm doing here today. Uh, first thing you can do is, is it's so amazing that you're all here leave me a comment in the chat box. That That is a, the first thing that, that would be really helpful. Make sure you hit the like button. If you're new to the channel, um, subscribe so you know when we're going to have special guests moving forward. And there's a little dollar sign in the chat here that's called a super chat or a super sticker if you'd like to make a material donation to the work that I'm doing here. Or you can buy me a coffee at buymeacoffee.com. All right, so those are sort of the business things uh, getting out of the way here. Um, I'm going to take a look at the chat again here, CV. Do you have the chat up on your end as well? No, no. How do we do this? Oh, so if you just go to the if you go to the YouTube link, we'll, you'll be able to see the chat. Um, 
Andrea is joining us. So another oh, mutual friend that we have here from Croatia, uh, a, a card slinger, if you will, extraordinaire. Um, Jody's saying, this is such a really nice group. You all are awesome. So nice to be sharing space with all of you. Yes, Jody, we appreciate you being here. You are awesome, Jody. Um, we've got Remco saying, so who's excited for the first lunar cycle of the new astrological year? Well, I am, Remco. I'll tell you that. I'm excited for it. Uh, Susanna is here from Finland. Susanna is a wonderful visual artist as well, CV. Um, and I've been seeing, um, I've been following along with her journey, and she has some postcards available of her work. So check that out. Give her a plug of her really cool What is her? What is her IG? Uh, <clears throat> maybe Susanna can throw that in the chat box, but I think it's Susanna philaja p-h-l-a-j-a yeah yeah um so check her out and lisa newcomb is joining us here from upstate new york welcome lisa Ooh. all right so oh and then another tanya tanya is here from mesa arizona nice to see you tanya um i just want to add to your shout outs that yeah, yeah, andrea yeah. who's on here space tiger nine or yes tiger, is um my tarot teacher nice. so also, if anyone wants to study the tarot, I've found an amazing guide that I will share with all of you. Yeah, Andrea's a really great photographer, too. So I think following Space Tiger Tarot 9 on Instagram is a good a good way to go because there's often Andrea will put a, a, a reading up with this beautiful black background and crystals associated with a, a card. It's really nice. I, I really appreciate the work that she's putting out there as well. Uh, Carol is joining us from New York City. Hello, Carol. Uh, trying to shout everyone out in the chat. All right, my friends, should we should we dive in, unpack yeah. unpack this uh, this stuff here? So just a little bit of a review of the last week or so. Should we look at the chart first? Or you want to chat about some of the, some of I have the events? Been, I, I let's let's. It's up to you. I have been hiding this week. Yeah. I traveling and somehow like. Yeah, yeah, we've been work. Well, I guess just to set the scene, <laughs> we've we've come recently out of a but a malefic enclosure of Venus. So Venus was in a malefic enclosure. Um, I broke this down pretty in in quite a bit of depth in my astrology of April forecast. So if you're if you guys haven't if you haven't seen that yet, check check that out um, because we we had a really nice discussion about. Um, malefic enclosure. Now what I'll say, so you can see on my chart here and I'll, I'll pull it up and I'll draw. So you can see the Venus was recently in between, sandwiched in between uh, Mars and Saturn, having a really tough time. And it, it recently escaped that enclosure on Monday. Um, and over the weekend, we had this cultural event that uh, has been in the forefront of the news and um, with the, the the slap heard around the world at the Oscars recently, right? Um, so, so that, that's uh, and I, there's been many astrologers that have broken that down in depth with the charts. The astrology is pretty pretty poignant. I guess what I'll say just astrologically with that is, you know, Will Smith was having some pretty pretty challenging transits to his Moon in Scorpio. Uh, all of this malefic enclosure action was was squaring his Scorpio Moon 
with the moon's uh, conjoining Mars on his midheaven during that time frame. Um, Chris Rock had things going on around that period of time, as well as Jada Pinkett Smith. I, I, I've been trying to absorb all of the different facets with this event, CB, and I don't want to spend too much time on it today, but I do think it's worth addressing just a little bit. My, my thought on it at this point, and see, I, I want to hear your take on this as well, because um, I only I only caught you your and Williams talk at the end. I, I know you probably went through it a little bit more, but this seems like to be a bit of like a a Roshark test for uh, where people stand on certain issues. Like it's it's more like what do you see from it? Absolutely. Uh, does that make yeah. sense? You know, the the thing I would like keep saying about this is that yeah. like not just to jump in and I think yeah. I absolutely agree with you. It's like at the end of the day, like it doesn't like was it fake? Was it not fake? Like it doesn't matter. Like do I really care? Like the, I mean I don't know these people. Quite frankly, it's none of my business. But what's so the event itself to me was only interesting in so much as that it triggered everyone else's reactions, right? Like, so this thing happened and then suddenly like everyone's views came out, which is interesting thinking about like the, the whole idea about like Venus, like Venus issues, right? Like whole alopecia, whatever. And this thing's so complicated, but it like, it brought up a lot of people's feelings about, so many issues and that's and, the, and their values their venusian values right exactly. right yeah i don't uh my initial thought is i don't i i do not think it was staged i think that that was a real thing that happened um that's my official stance on it i just <laughs> I, do, I just can't imagine a person potentially throwing away their career in, in the biggest moment of their life you know i think that um, I don't know though. Uh, people are going to have opinions on that, but I, I think that here's the perspectives I've seen with it. Like there are people that are um, rightfully triggered by domestic violence or or violence in general, um, and that are calling out, uh, trying to resolve a conflict in a more peaceful fashion. There are some other folks that have been talking about, you know, defending the honor of one's family. And, and there's some people that are more in support of that. Uh, there's been the whole thing about how far is too far when you're, you know, uh, making a joke or something like that. Uh, there's the whole the alopecia part of that with, with a, a condition that is out of her control that would make it even more painful um, and trying to acknowledge that part of it. Um, I think I've heard from my partner uh, who is black, some disappointment about how um, people may try to twist the narrative towards, um, you know, black people in this in this uh, type of thing as well. And the disappointment that, that she's feeling about um, at the moment that should have been a, 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 a point of success for a black actor in, in a point of inclusion there's yet a con another controversy with it and that, that the frustration um, I've been hearing from her this week, I think is important to acknowledge as far as like, how are we creating equal spaces? And does that make sense as well? That's another viewpoint that I've been hearing. Um, it's, 
so it's just so many different takes on it. And, and there's other people that have been, have really righteous indignation about how it was happening. They should strip his award or something like that. I don't necessarily agree with that, but uh, I just think that it's it's very fascinating to see how a violent event, Mars and Saturn, right, is bringing out all of these issues to discuss about values. I guess I just will underscore that values, right? Um, what, what do you think, CV? And, and what, what have you been, how have you been experiencing this, this event? Well, I think the same thing, right? So in the fact that I mentioned, was it staged, was it not staged? My whole point was it doesn't matter, right? The point is yeah. that, that this was an event that brought out feeling like our values on Venusian topics, right? And so we're all here having this discussion. Hmm. Um, and again, we don't need to sort of get into the minutia of the discussion, but I did think it was interesting too, like thinking about the whole Aries aspect to all of this. I think it was just after Mercury had ingressed into Aries. And mm -hmm. so thinking about this like violent communication, but I did think it was interesting as well. The, the other part that I'll add to this astrologically that I thought was sort of pertinent was that the quote that has been circling around by um, Denzel Washington's advice to Will Smith shortly before this and he said i'm reading now in your highest moments be careful that's when the devil comes to you i love that quote and, and so i yeah. thought i do too and i but i think to me this quote and there's so many different ways to look at it is um all about aries right because mars and aries right this is like the the you know the sun and its most exalted moment it is the warrior but it is also that which the spark of life and like it's sort of a warning right that's i think that's the sort of challenge for especially maybe um aries energy or maybe aries um natives yeah. is that you can go really high but be careful because you can go just as low right and, that's maybe totally. and what a stark contrast seeing him go through you know that act and then t literally 10 minutes later achieve one of the the you know highest honors of his life right of his career the highest honor he could basically receive in that in that line of work and the the contrast with that and i think there's one angle that i didn't really discuss is you know maybe the mental health uh, of will smith at this point as well like i think that there's he's a uh, i've been trying to just do all get, get educated on on all of the different perspectives and he's a trauma survivor um, someone who's uh, learned about violence in, in, with his uh, father being a pretty violent person, which doesn't condone his actions. It's just kind of how, how it's just seeing like, how does someone get to that point? Do you know what I'm saying? And, and understanding it from all perspectives, I think, is, is my Venus and Gemini uh, you know, approach to this just before I say, well, this is this, I, I, I don't like wading into these conversations with, with like, oh, this, this should have happened without like exploring first and he, he trying to hear multiple voices and perspectives first. Um, but yes, I like that you are drawing it back to Aries because we had uh, Mercury on that, you know, zero degrees Aries point almost, or it was a, a couple degrees into Aries, you know, triggering this, this very dynamic response, maybe one that wasn't well thought out, that was just a visceral, raw, emotional reaction. 
And that could be part of what we're going to be experiencing coming up with this new moon too, is how do we take these, these actions and how do we um, create sovereignty from the establishment of self and saying, you know, the first second, I think we see uh, us saying, this is what we're not, this is what we're rejecting. And this, the sun and Mercury have been moving through that first decade with this, this Oscars event, right? Where it's literally like the martial acts being like, you know, cutting, cutting off and saying, no, this is not what I believe in. This is not what I am. And then when we get to the second decade here at 11 degrees of Aries, um, you know, with this new moon, we've already kind of, I guess the, the old word would be conquering the territory. And now we're establishing who we are and what we do believe in, not what we are rejecting. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I think of it, it's interesting, not rejecting, rejecting is an interesting term. I keep thinking when I think of like the first decan of Aries of just like the amount of sheer effort it takes to, for growth, right? Whether it be like a seed coming through the soil or like childbirth or like someone like even an artist who's bringing an idea into fruition like this just this idea of like there is it's almost like there's just this um solid focus on your goal where there everything else just sort of doesn't matter and it can be really like aggressive right because at that point like you know there can be casualties right right, right. um so I think of interesting, not as much as even a conscious rejection, but just of a focus and everything else kind of gets to the wayside. Hmm. Yeah, it's, it's like that small seed trying to push through the, through the surface of the soil. Like it's got one purpose. It's, it's like you were saying, it's got this like drive, right? Um, I'm taking a look at the chat here because we have, we have people that are weighing in. Uh, Andrea is talking. Thank you for the shout out. Yeah, well, Andrea, we're glad that you're here and we're glad that you're doing the work that you're doing. So, um, Remco said, uh, let's see. Lisa said the first instinct was that it was staged. Um, I mean, I guess, I, you know, I could see why that, that instinct would be because it's so shocking and so like out of the, maybe the norm. Um, and nothing over the last few years, I think we've become desensitized to events to the point where I could see people being like, yeah, you know, the only thing that's going to get people's attention is something so extreme. You know what I'm saying? I, I understand that perspective on some level. Meredith is joining us from Southern Maine. Uh, William is saying people's view on it says more about them than yeah. any of the facts of the slap as most things go. Yeah, I agree. I mean, this is this just really brings up a lot of really interesting questions for me as far as how do we experience a collective event and, and what i think is rare about the will smith chris rock uh confrontation is that with the internet and with our own little worlds that we seem to be traversing in it is more rare i think now for us to have a collective experience. Would, would you agree with that, CV? Yeah, absolutely. And it's interesting. Yeah, totally. I was thinking about this as like, it's interesting, this collective experience is so like divisive. Yeah. Well, I say that I say establishing, you know, that we're all kind of in our own collective worlds, because that's that is one of the 
significations of Aries too is being able to establish your own world, your own territory, your your own singular perspective. And I I like to talk about Mars, it, it, the difference between Mars's homes of Aries in the spring and Mars's fall home in Scorpio is uh, the severing and separating that Mars action likes to take is in service of the, the creation or the establishment of an individual consciousness in Aries to be able to say, I am severing from the collective. Whereas in Scorpio, it's more about severing from the body and returning consciousness to the collective, like in a composting action. So we have one, uh, you know, kind of martial action to create future fertility. And then we have one martial action that will create uh, the, the, the fuel for the next season and return something to the earth. So see, go ahead. No, no, no. I love that the analogy. And I, I was thinking that um, sort of um, something I've been thinking about, well, with Aries, I, the, the, the question that I always bring up to people is, I think so often with Aries, we have to like remind ourselves that there is a difference between self-preservation and selfishness. It's yeah. like Aries skirts that fine line. Mm. I've been thinking about, um, well, I've been thinking a little like an anecdote around Aries for a while now, which I will pause to ask if we have time for me to share. Sure. So um, this is and maybe to build off this, but um, recently, I don't know if anyone's familiar with the, the artist, Leonora Carrington. Um, I know space tiger is she was, um, she, I will dare say she was one of the most famous surrealists, specifically Mexican surrealist artists in the whole world. Mm -hmm. And recently I was reading her. Um, she has a autobiography she wrote. She actually wrote it. I think she transcribed it in the eighties, but about an incident that happened. Oh, I want to say it was. 40s so like during maybe the second world war where she was put in an asylum in spain right which you know we get these stories of many women of that generation died in asylums right i could think of like vivian haywood zelda fitzgerald etc cetera, etc cetera. so anyways she wrote this biography called down below and in it she talks about her time in this asylum and what's crazy is that a she got out right and she ended up having this amazingly prolific career and her, her work is so, so surreal. Like, it's just wild. And, um, you know, I when I first looked up her chart, you know, you'd expect, like, Aquarius placements, like, Pisces placements, something sort of, like, psychedelic. But this woman has a stellium in Aries. It's, like, wow. fantastic. And so I was reading this book with a friend of mine who's not an astrologer, who's a professor, actually. And he was saying what's so interesting is it, throughout this book, she, you know, they're giving her all sorts of drugs and she's out. She had a mental breakdown out of her mind. But the one through line is that she has this like ego that almost seems just maddening. Right. So she's always like, she never loses the sense of self. Right. She's like the world. I am one with the world. It's this, this point of view, this eye that she never loses. If that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's interesting to think about like, wow, this feels like her Aries saving her right? Like Aries is that which can hold on to a belief that is the, I think of it as like, right, cardinal fire. It is the spark of creation. And so seeing it in this woman, like this, this chart of this person who 
wrote about the world in such interesting, expansive ways. But really, there is a within this character, this this self preservation that is, you know, again, like the birth yeah. of the world. I think of in her, and anyway, that's to me is so Aries. I like I like the 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 focus on self preservation. I think that Mars in general is actually the planet that is most focused on that saying how can i defend my right to be or uh, i think that even in, if we look compare it with scorpio you know you're defending your life to the very last breath do you know what i'm saying like you're trying to hold on to the spark of life on some level <laughs> you know what i mean like and you're willing to do anything like that scorpion stinger to to to, to hang on so tightly um you know but it, but eventually we can't like eventually we we can't uh, you know fighting this this is what i think about mars and aries in general is as as quickly as it arose it, it had to die back do you see what i'm saying like so like for example in the oscars thing you had this event and then it, everyone's just in like shock <laughs> and then the guy goes up and gets an award and then you know people go home you know, it's, it's, sometimes it's the same with a battle as well. It's, and there are prolonged battles, but every once, and it, this is not me condoning violence whatsoever, but sometimes there is uh, a type of violence in nature that I think is related to Mars and Aries season and the spring season. Like there, there is like a, I mean, I just, I like the metaphor of the seedling cracking open the, the seed wall to be able to expand. And to be able to grow and to be able to force its way out through the soil, sometimes there is a necessary violent push to mm -hmm. get to where we want to go, to initiate and to remove the inertia that we may be feeling. Um, and I don't know exactly how that relates to the Oscars thing, maybe the, the initiating the conversation around values potentially. Um, but what what a moment! I, I'm I'm still kind of like wow that that happened. <laughs> like it's, um, yeah, and, and we we've got a lot of interesting things going on in the chat here. Uh, Fion says I've seen the slap read in the context of Will Smith being a Scientologist, and in Scientology, slapping is commonly used within the organization to exert power and authority. Well, that feels sort of Aries uh, and Marshall on some level. At what point? Go ahead. Yeah, well, Will Smith, he is at Scorpio Moon. Mm -hmm. He has Saturn in Aries and also the North Node in Aries, um, but, a, but a Libra Sun. His charts, he, it's not a, a um, it's an interesting chart, but it's, it's not, it doesn't look like a happy chart. Uh, <laughs> it really doesn't. Like there, it's, there's a lot of stuff where there's a lot of um, uncomfortable planets where his like, squeaky you know clean friendly image is now starting to crack a little bit and we're seeing a little bit behind the the veneer and the facade and yevgen is is making a good point that making a correct judgment is is hard um you know especially when we only have the tip of the iceberg and no no vision of these hollywood underwaters i, I agree with that yevgen and that's why i'm very careful right now to just say this is right this is wrong because I do think that it's it's easy to come to a judgment and in a visceral reaction to some of these things, um, and we don't know the story, the whole story with all of it, um, but it makes for a good conversation. 
so Jody is saying Will Smith is also an advocate of the Bhagavad Gita, so it's shocking that he acted in this manner. Yeah, I mean, I, CV, correct me if I'm wrong, but someone uh, presenting themselves as a spiritual person doesn't necessarily mean that they that they are. Right? Oh, absolutely. And also too, right? Like people are human. I know that I, yeah. like I spend, you know, like I practice transcendental meditation. I like, you know, spend most of my leisure time at like sound baths and like floating. And <laughs> I try really hard to be chill yeah. as an example, but like, I have a terrible temper. And mm -hmm. the reason I do these things and, you know, is because I'm constantly trying to keep them under control. And so, right, like, I just know personally what it's like to have a breaking moment. You're like, yeah. oh, this doesn't fit. Like, so I think it's interesting. I think a lot of times people who are doing practices like that, if they are in earnest, again, I don't know, we don't know his life. But I think sometimes people do that because they really do struggle. And it just, again, the tip of the iceberg, like, I don't, again, I don't know Will Smith. But it feels like looking at his chart, just guessing, there's a lot going on there that we don't know. And this yeah. feels like it was definitely triggered by something much larger. I don't know what. Yeah, and I, and I, I go back to trying to understand his, his past. Like when I do a reading with someone, I spend probably at least 45 minutes just talking about their origin story. Because yeah. I, I just think that we, we, we play out these cycles in a chart um, cyclically and, and in a spiral way. And a lot of the behaviors that we're still processing as adults, we picked up in our early childhood environment. And again, 100% not condoning any of his actions, but just trying to understand what would push someone to that, um, to, to do something like that, I think is important to be able to unravel it, to prevent it in the future, to learn from it, um, to process it. I guess I hope that Will Smith gets the, the help that he needs if, you know, he's obviously going through some stuff right now. Um, I think, I hope all of them get the, the help that they need. Uh, I, this is something I've been a little bit joking about with my partner, though, is all of these people, Chris Rock, Jada Pinkett, Will Smith, all of them get to go you know, cry themselves to sleep on their giant piles of money after this. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, like what is really at stake for them? They're all like super wealthy Hollywood elite type people. And yeah, they might be a little bit embarrassed, but where's the real repercussion for them on some level? That, do you know what I'm saying? I, you know, it's interesting. Cause I think like the older I get, like I'm not condoning or saying like, let's have pity on anyone. Right. Like yeah. I'm not saying that. But I think that like, it's like me personally, right? Like you start to realize that, wow, like the universe is much bigger than this one particular life. Mm -hmm. So Yeah, but, you're right. No, I, I, you know, yeah, so I, I agree with that. Like maybe they're sleeping, but if they have any sort of bigger vision, there's a sense of like, like, fuck, like. That's a great point. Am I, I going to come back like this in the next life? Like. Or, you know, we all have our certain things and standards we live up to. So, well, and if Will Smith really is this proponent of the Bhagavad Gita, he just created a, a giant ripple of karma. Um, maybe not tomorrow, maybe not a year from now, but maybe in another, maybe a lifetime from now, who knows. But those actions are going to reverberate out in some kind of 
you know, wave-like fashion. So I think that, yeah, that's a great point, CV. And, and just having a lot of money and power and status doesn't make people happy either. So that it doesn't or, mean that they're happy. Or give them mental stability, right? Like right. that's the thing, like the, the mind can truly be a prison. And I, I know that like from experience, and I don't know, you mentioned that he had like sort of an abusive father, but like yeah. that kind of stuff, like experiencing that sort of violence and any sort of like mental trauma, that stuff doesn't leave you, right? You can right. be in a perfect place in your life, absolutely. And like, you know, we all have our sort of proverbial demons. Um, yeah. Well, I just want to say also that uh, I think Jada Pinkett is beautiful. And I, you know, w even with the condition that she has, she's still a gorgeous, a gorgeous woman. And, you know, she was, she has nothing to be ashamed of is in my estimation. Can I just add to that? Yeah. Something that really bothered me in the, crit in the criticisms. Yeah. Um, is that people are like jada pinkett's so beautiful don't bother her okay yeah. well like so if she wasn't beautiful we could bother her right i just don't like the statement people are being like protect her because she's so beautiful i think like no protect her because like she's human and she's don't fuck with people like that's just mean like i just don't like this this thing of like because she's beautiful she is somehow like that's why we, we shouldn't like... no no 100 percent. like it doesn't you know i don't think that anyone should be needled for a, a no, something out of their saying, control I've, I've heard comments to that effect not yeah. that that. and that's true yeah i could i could i could see that perspective as well as that you know yeah i don't know I don't, I don't know how to react to that necessarily i i think you're right like it's it's not that she gets any special treatment because she is very pretty um it's just an observation i guess is that it's uh she's she's still she's working it still you know with that green dress and everything but anyway um i'm looking at that comment <laughs> what's that no, no no absolutely i mean i agree that she is beautiful I, it just was yeah. interesting that in some of the comments people were like she's beautiful don't mess with her and i just the, the 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 line of thinking like okay but even if she wasn't quote beautiful we still shouldn't mess with her because quite frankly that's mean on so many levels um but aside from that yeah she's gorgeous yeah. that dress was amazing yeah and yes be nice to people <laughs> like, <laughs> that's really the bottom line right um okay so i'm looking through the chats here uh Let's see. Remco says, I thought, I think somewhere, I saw somewhere Mars was conjunct as natal MC at that moment. It was, you're right, Remco, as well as the moon. So the moon activating that Mars uh, aspect on the MC. The moon, think of the moon as like a timekeeper where the moon is activating things like a music box where you have this cylinder with the little tines on it that are activating the little notes of a music box. I think the moon does that with planets as well um jody says i don't think there would be any benefit for that to be staged i tend to agree with you jody um although there is a saying in hollywood that any attention is good attention um but i again i i i do not believe in my heart of hearts that it was a staged thing henry says when we had the new moon mars kazemi and libra i thought that we would be seeing more and more uncivil actions to the point where it's normalized as the way fights are coming about yeah, that, that that last Mars Kazemi and Libra was pretty funky, wasn't it? Over the 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 fall, 
Um, both the sun and Mars were in places that they're not super comfortable in. The, the sun is in its fall and Mars being in its exile. Um, so I hope we don't normalize, you know, abuse or assault. That's, that's, uh, we're living in strange times. I, I'm, I'm tr still trying to process it uh, on some level, just, just the, the moment in history we find ourselves in. Um, Jody, all right, I'm kind of just taking a look through here. You seeing anything? Uh, I, I still don't know how to look at the chat. <laughs> okay. If, if you just go to my, um, if you go to my YouTube channel, you can just click on the video and the, and the, oh, okay. the chat will be coming up, but make sure you make sure you mute it. Oh yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Fionn says the ripple of karma is setting a precedent for hitting comedians. Yeah. I, I think that's not a good precedent either. Um, yeah, that's not good. We're on the delay. <laughs> Yeah, I thought I had muted it. I'm laughing and getting warm. That's all right. Um, Karen, Karen is joining us from New Zealand. Welcome, Karen. Thank you for joining us today. Um, Lisa says, "Be nice to beautiful rich people too, even if you think they have a perfect life." <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. I think you just treat everyone with respect, whether they're rich or beautiful, or or you know. Or not, and I think that that's I think that's what CV's point was in that as well. But um, man, it is airy season. I don't know about you, CV, but I've been really tired the last few weeks, and it's extending out into today with this balsamic moon. I barely got through my astrology of April. <laughs> like people were <laughs> were propping me up in the chat box because I was just really I hadn't slept. Um, you know, we, we've just been kind of. There's been some extra work in my life lately that uh, has been really taxing, and um, it's a it's a lot to process. Um, CV, yeah. What else are you seeing in this April first new moon at eleven degrees of Aries? What are some of your your big picture thoughts? I think I think we've we've sufficiently gone down the Oscar rabbit hole, right? Yeah. For okay. sure. You know, I've been thinking about this a lot, right? Like thinking about the, this, the pileup that is still like happening in Aquarius. Um, right. Because Mars, the ruler of Aries is sort of still there. Right. Mm -hmm. And thinking about like, I think like all, and I'd love you to sort of expand on this, but all year I've been thinking about wherever Aquarius is in our charts, it's like someplace that's getting sort of worked over. You know, it's, it feels like to me, the tedious, slow work, whether it be a relationship, your career, like somewhere that's kind of like going like a snail's pace, right? And it's, you know, getting frustrated with Uranus. And so it's interesting to think about this new moon, almost like bringing some life, right? Like I think of like the Aries partner chart is like, okay, like, Let's get some action going. What's the sort of new way that we're going to look at the world? But to me, it just feels like, and again, maybe I'm so biased because for me, like Aries season is really like when I like wake up, <laughs> but it feels like a moment of rejuvenation. Um, yeah, I think that, yeah, we have been getting worked over. You know, you and I are both Leo ascendants, so 
<laughs> having this this stack up in an in an angular house is um i don't know if it's grinding grinding uh through your life in that way but uh it's been a lot to process so all of you fixed risings out there uh leo scorpio aquarius and taurus are getting an ex- extra special gift from mars and, <laughs> and saturn and the and the venus uh you know enclosure um so I, I I do feel like some of the challenges around, uh, you know, the Venus, at least the Venus part of it are starting to abate because Venus is being released and Venus is about to change signs into uh, Pisces and the Jupiter ruled sign of Pisces into its exaltation. The problem is though, and I wonder what you think about this CV is that we're going to be leaving Mars and Saturn all by their lonesome without Venus help anymore. What do you think about that? That's been worrying me a little bit. Well, as one of my teachers, Adam Summer always says, there is no room for fear in astrology. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe a little bit, right? (laughs) Just for self-preservation, right, Aries? (laughs) Yeah, I think, you know, I, I, it, mm, 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 right? Like it could, it's different, right? Like on the mundane and on the personal level, right? Like I think that Mars can kind of go in there and kind of, I was thinking about Mars is almost like a bit of a rejuvenation. Um, but yeah, but it feels like a little bit of a battle, um, you know, like Saturn's like, this is the way. And, and Mars is like, well, no, actually let's just break up the structure now. So, um, not that there's fear, but this just, just doesn't look, as you would say, a happy part in the chart. <laughs> no, it's the it's difficult. And we're going to see the conjunction of Mars and Saturn come shortly after this new moon on the 4th. So there's a number of events that we should maybe go in a order with. Yeah. Um, so before we do that let's let's just give the virgo people in the audience <laughs> there's plenty of them that come to my channel let's break down some of the details of this this just this new moon moment first so we've got the sun and the moon at 11 degrees of aries uh that the second decan of aries which is ruled by um it's ruled by the sun by face and the host of the the sign in general is mars that we've been talking about we have a tarot card associated with Aries 2, which is the Three of Wands, which we can break down in a second. Um, Mars, Saturn, and Venus are making a whole sign sextile to the new moon, and Mercury is co-present with the moon and the sun, and about to go into its Kazemi of the sun, or make its conjunction about a day later. Jody is making a good point. The Mercury is screaming fast right now. Um, it's going to move what Joey said, like zero to 15 degrees, um, in like a week. (laughs) So, so every time, and this is something to understand about the Mercury synodic cycle is that Mercury is moves very, very quickly when it is making its superior direct, uh, Kazemi conjunction with the sun, right? So it's going very fast when it comes into the heart of sun direct. It's going much slower when it makes its conjunction retrograde, which is called the inferior conjunction. So 
messages maybe just coming at us like like our minds maybe just going like we're not really stopping to think about things we're just kind of doing stuff um which i think is important to realize because you know some of the divination i did with this with the iching and, and things of that nature do talk about uh potentially getting in over our head um maybe by being a little bit rash with our actions and, get, and getting involved in something that we may not be completely prepared for um i do think it'll work out I, I, there was further divination that we'll unpack that was talking about hey it'll probably be okay as long as you're working for the good of the collective and i wanted to really point that out because one thing that we have here with this new moon is you always 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 have to think about what is the host providing for the planets in the lunation and in this case mars is in the second decade of aquarius saying hey are you going to fight for your ideals are you going to do something for the good of the whole or the collective are you going to remove limiting belief systems that may have been holding you back that's what i've been finding with aquarius in general a lot of it is really about can you shape your world saturn through a, a set of idealistic laws rules beliefs stories and let go of the ones that that aren't serving you right mm-hmm. so we've been going through that period as a collective recently um we're also during this new moon you've got jupiter and neptune coming together they're not witnessing this this lunation but they're happening so it, just because it's not witnessing the lunation doesn't mean it's not going on in some other area of your life it just may not be directly related um to the to the new moon here um so yeah what um i'm trying to formulate my question around this let's start talking about the three of wands cv i'm gonna stop my share and thank you Susanna for the super chat I really appreciate your support you are so awesome uh, that you all are so generous with your resources and with your time and um, I'm really glad that you're all here today um so let's stop this share for just a second we'll come back to the chart in a minute but we've got the three of wands okay we've got a figure that is looking out into a bay potentially for his ships to come in maybe um in the first second of Aries we had somebody who was surveying the territory holding the globe maybe being like which which place do I want to conquer next you know like um there's some when this card was created uh they were talking about dominion which is one of the names of Aries one where there was a comparison to to like uh creating a colony so like colonialism which is not my favorite way to think about the card but sometimes we have to think about the roots of of what we're looking at here so we have someone who's trying to figure out how do we establish our own territory away from the mother country and here we've we've done that work we've gotten the we've gone to battle we've had the conquest and now we're trying to figure out the solar rules that we want to establish and eventually we get to the venus ruled deccan where we're trying to establish a following we're trying to get buy-in from people right with eros now there's a uh daimon associated with this decking called 
uh, Persephone. So this is, to me, this is a really royal deccan. There's royalty associated with this deccan. There's a couple fixed stars, Alderamin and Alpharetz, which are in constellations in the royal family. And there's, so there's this like place at the, at the top of the pole where you have constellations that don't rise and set generally. They just kind of appear out of thin air. So they were considered this place of immortality. So you have Cepheus, the king, Cassiopeia, the queen, and Andromeda, the princess. All these constellations are in this specific area. And these fixed stars, Alderamin and Alpharetz, are, are one is in Cepheus and the other is in uh, Andromeda. So to me, this Deccan, this Aries too, is really about uh, wise leadership, you know, like establishing who and what you believe in rather than the rejection of what you don't. Um, and also potentially, uh, how do you establish the new decrees, right? There's like a, you know, a, a saying, hey, this is what we're going to do now. Here's, here's the leadership call. And how do you do that with dignity? I guess that was what I was trying to draw out of my sleepy brain here. Um, you have Mars in this decade. How has this played out in your life and in your personal experience, CV? You know, it's interesting because um, when I think of my own Aries placements and Mars placements, okay, I'll give you an example. And I've been thinking about this a lot lately, and I hope this isn't veering too much off. Right? Like, I think there's something, though, even though we get the second decan where there's this idea of, like, establishing what we value, there, there, there's this mission, I think, across the board with Aries, this sort of idea that you have, like, you're always kind of going on a mission, right? There's there's a quality to this, to, to Aries, I think, that isn't, I mean, it's cardinal, that, that always needs something to sort of, like, champion, right? Like, right, so even if the three of wands, it's like, okay, like, where to next, right? I think that's part of it. It's not just kind of like, okay, let me sit here and just chill like with my three wands. It's kind of like, what's the next thing? Right. And so it's funny because I like I do freelance work because I think that my my own like I always like I feel like I'm very conflict driven. I always have to have something to work on. Like I just can't <laughs> ever have like a nine to five job in my life because like, like yeah. I feel, well, also doing the attention span. And so I realized that if I if I'm not working on something, I can get like really like feisty like with my partner or just like kind of like be dramatic yeah. and I was thinking about this Aries and season I'm like okay I'm ready to go and I'm like I'm like I was like universe like I'm ready for a new writing project and like one fell into my lap and I'm like okay like I'm a very satisfied Aries I have something to work on it's a thing yeah. I'll do it I'll complete it this is it, it's a thing that's important to me um maybe I'll go on to the, the third decan and I'll convince people why they should like this thing and then I'll move on so I feel like that three of want like that three of wands is um sort of even if it is more stable mm -hmm. it's constantly always like okay but what next like, yeah you know one of the things that you said really resonated with um my experience of the orphic hymn of mars yeah. so in my my own relationship with astrology and the planets and the, the deities i do uh, it, I, I recite the Orphic Hymn to each planet of the specific day. And when we get to Tuesday, which is Mars Day, you talk about being able to turn 
you're praying to Ares or Mars to turn the weapons of war into plowshares, into tools to work the fields, right? To do something productive with that energy. And that's exactly what you were describing, like where you were saying, you know, if I don't have something to to conquer, I think that that's, a, I, I don't think we can, we don't have to shy away from that word. I think yeah. sometimes we want to be able to assert our will and our, and our dominance over something. It doesn't have to be like, we don't have to oppress somebody to do that, but we can like achieve something through having that martial energy go somewhere productive. And, you know, champion, if you will, champion, there you go. I like that something to champion. So you see, it's all in the, it's all in the nuance of the word, isn't it? Like, <laughs> I love this with your Gemini moon here, like finding the right word to say. So, yeah, I, I, so I guess I would, I would tell the audience here today, this new moon may be about what are you going to champion? What, what new goal do you want to establish where you can direct your energy and maybe even some of your frustration? Because Aquarius has a lot of frustration built into its structure. And as Mars is going to start moving into the third decan of Aquarius, that some of that frustration may come to a boiling point where we say, I just can't live like this anymore. So I'm going to have to establish this new project, this new area, this new something, and leave behind this old thing that wasn't serving me anymore. Right. So I, yeah, I, I am with you on that. That I really like hearing your experience with that. I, I like the saying, if you keep the drama in your art, you'll keep it out of your life too, <laughs> which I found to be true. Um, cause I get antsy too. Like I'm, my Leo rising is in the Mars real Deccan. So I'm just kind of like, sometimes I get like, I'll just, you know, sometimes when my, my partner's working from home, I'll just like be like poking them. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm just bored, you know, I just, just give me something to do. You know, <laughs> like that's the, I think that's the, the vibe, right? It's just like, ah, oh, fuck, just give me something to do. <laughs> like I, I like right? my partner will be like, you're so dramatic. And then I think about it. I'm like, maybe I am. I just focus that somewhere because right. I cause drama if I'm expelling that energy with some sort of cause or something I'm working on. Yeah, I, I my daughter has Mars in the same deck, and I think that you do. And it's she's the same way. Like uh, sometimes if I'm she's having some drama in her personal life, I'm like, are you are you working on your art? Are you writing your songs? Are you are you drawing? <laughs> Just here, go do. Go do this. Go lift some weights or something. You know, like, go lift something heavy. <laughs> like, but, um, yeah, and and yeah, yeah. I just I, I've I've had this really great discussion with another friend of mine where they were um, utilizing those skills in like a culinary aspect. So they were directing that energy in a culinary way, and I thought that the, I was like, oh, that's that's awesome. That's so that's such a great expression. Of that martial energy you know um you know the the cutting yeah cutting and fire all of those things so maybe if you have too much energy at this new moon pick a project maybe have something physical cook something you know draw something chop some wood <laughs> like, i don't know <laughs> i don't know what century we're in anymore but um that's my dream like living out in, like some you know, rural area, ch chopping wood in my flannel, <laughs> you know, chewing on a piece of hay or something. Um, anyway, 
Sorry, we're getting silly. Well, I love that. You know, I, I'm just kind of going back to the original question of like, okay, Mars and Saturn by themselves. And while obviously this isn't uncomfortable, I think it's important to remember that like the sky or the universe in general, like while there are moments that we are no doubt intensely uncomfortable for humans, right? Mm -hmm. Or any being really. Yeah. Um, that like the sky is not there to punish us. And so I was thinking about this Mars Saturn conversation with Mars, of course, ruling this, you know, Aries conversation is almost like a really aggressive check-in with Saturn, right? Mm. Like, like Saturn's been going through this like slow pace and like trying to get this, if you say like, you know, maybe, you know, get this statement of values together. Or even I think of like Saturn as like, okay, like what's the new vision? What are we honing in on? It's going super slow. We're all kind of feeling frustrated. And Mars is like, okay, now it's time to act. Like, like it's kind of like, yeah. come on, like we got, let's put some breath into here. Let's, we're going to spark the life in this. And like yeah. that can like, you know, that can kind of be very uncomfortable, but ultimately, right? Like I think it could be, it, it has a potential for being one of those transits that you look back and go, God, that was terrible, but my whole life changed. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. And very much my own lived experience right now, where there's I, where there's something going on in my life where I have to take a lot of actions. It's a slow, tedious process that you have to like, you know, I think that's one point that you were making that I, I wanted to add to the conversation is that the host of this Aries lunation is in a Saturn sign. So it's actually probably going to require us to slow down just a little bit and like make sure that we're, you know, crossing all the T's, dotting the I's, taking it one step at a time. And that could lead to some frustration at this new moon too, where we're saying, wow, this is a big life-changing project. And we, we kind of have to really make sure that we're um, really understand what we're all getting into. And I think that that could be something with this new moon too, because we we have this Jupiter, Neptune, Jupiter, Venus energy that's going to be coming, and that's at that eclipse at the end of the month, right? Where where we have this grandiose vision, this this super idealistic, ten of cups, rainbow, happily ever after vision, and in Aries season, it's probably really easy to just just do stuff and you're not thinking about it. And you're just like, all right, I'm just going to go for it. And it, it, that can lead to some unexpected consequences sometimes, right? Is, has this happened with you and your Aries placements? <laughs> Absolutely. I like, I think it's taken me and that's another thing, right? Like Aries energy. I, I once had a client, this is interesting. It can go two ways. And he, he referred to himself. who's also like Aries son, let's Aries placements as the frog, right? Like he happened to be in an, um, a day trader at one point in his life. And there's this thing with Aries of like, you know, when to act and you just go for it. Right. Mm. And that can be awesome, but it can also like get you into trouble. Mm. Um, so like, I'm the kind of person like, you know, anecdotally, right. Like, I feel like Aries energy is like, sometimes if it doesn't have something to slow it down, it could be like, I'm going to get in my car and like, drive across the country tomorrow like, <laughs> which you've done which i've done or like i have been hit in the head just to share with everyone more than like i've had like hit in the head more than many people um yeah. so there is that literally like that head first like let's go for it and and like that can be good in some circumstances but also it can be completely dangerous and detrimental and so maybe there's this moment of like okay like you know saturn kind of all forcing us to slow down could 
long-term be a good thing. Yes. Yes. That's the balancing part to this energy, right? Is, is being a little bit more deliberate rather than just, you know, having the straight impulsive energy of, of Aries. So I do think that this, this Aries new moon is a really positive start, but I do think that it's, its effects are going to have long range consequences, especially because we're coming up on eclipse season. So just be very careful about your impulsivity and how you are going about things and, and take some time to breathe every once in a while, right? All right, Stevie, I'm going to look in on the chat here. Uh, we've got Unity Jackson joining us from Seoul. Welcome. We've got a new a new um, person in the chat here. Welcome. I'm so excited to finally catch you live. Well, I'm excited that you are here, Unity. Um, we all need a little bit of that right now. Uh, Remco says that the Toth Tarot calls Three of Wands virtue. Yeah, I like the name for that, Remco. Um, and he's saying that uh, Lord of Established Strength is uh, another word from, I believe that's from the book of uh, T, book T. So virtue, yeah, when, when we establish a goal, a territory, a world, we need to figure out what, how are we going to base the management of it? So I think the sun, and this being a sun decan, the exaltation degree of the sun is in this decan. This is really about like, how are you going to administrate power? Like, what, what are you going to do when you're given great power? Right? And it's like Spider-Man, right? With great power comes great responsibility. And if you don't realize that the repercussions on other people around you, which sometimes is a, crit a criticism for Aries, is like the subjective perspective, which fair or not, I mean, I, talking with you, you, you seem to have a, a compassionate, empathetic uh, side to you, but you have Mercury and Pisces. So I don't know if that helps I, or. I think the thing with Aries and I've met like other Aries is that it's not that I think, I think they can just be really on Like the sign can be really unaware, yeah. right? Like you're constantly like, like going after things that you don't always like in a way, like slow down for Libra. Like, like you kind of assume like other people can take care of themselves too. Yeah. If yeah. That makes sense. And no, so it does. It does. Uninitiated Aries can totally be just like selfish and all of those things. But I think there is just a level of like, again, it's not about hurting other people. It's about just like going towards the thing you want. Yeah, being singularly focused on that on that goal, right? In that kind of like arrow Mars way. Yeah, and just assuming again, people around you like, oh, you can you can take care of yourself too, right? And like, unlike <sighs> right. people, like, how are you doing? I don't time for that. Yeah, so I mean, some of it is coming from their strength in being able to be independent, and then, like you said, like like assuming that others are also able to do that, which which isn't always the case. Um, I've it learned that. A long time to figure that out. <laughs> 100 percent yeah um andrea says energy of three is creation so in wands i see is creating as as new i always see as creating new daily sunrise sunset new opportunity okay sorry i'm digesting that so we're creating new opportunities here with the sun i i agree um remco is agreeing with that raven is giving andrea the high five uh says yes uh still small remco is still a small number and since it is fire it is super fast and bursting like a great idea yeah mercury is just screaming through aries right now 
Susanna is asking, Spencer, what was the tarot card of, Aquari of the Aquarius deck in three? You mentioned it. Four of Swords, question mark? Yeah, so when we're, we're going to be getting to um, some of the Aquarius things here in a second, but the, the tarot cards associated with Aquarius are the five, six, and seven of Swords. So the what we have here, I think this, I'll find the six of swords because that, that's where Mars is exactly on the new moon, but it's going to be moving very quickly into the third decan and meeting up with Saturn. So here's the six of swords, which is a crossing. So, so this may be the, the time where we take, we're initiating action to move from one state of consciousness to another. So I, I really think that's important with this new moon is this is really about establishing a safe passage from one chapter of our life to the next, because a lot of the times they think of those eclipses as chapters, chapter markers, endings, beginnings. Um, and I got to tell you, I am really excited about that that uh, that eclipse at the end of April. Um, I think it's going to be a really, I think it's going to be a, a benefic event, okay. um, <clears throat> even though eclipses are generally not always nice. Um, I just think there's a lot of good things going on with the Jupiter, uh, Jupiter Venus conjunction happening. That's hosting the, the Taurus, uh, eclipse, right? Pretty juicy, right? <laughs> what do you think about that? No, I love that. Cause I just always like with eclipses, I'm always like, I'm at your mercy universe. I have yeah. no idea what's going to happen. Yeah. They definitely are wild cards. So, you know, we'll see. We'll see what what it brings. Um, again, it's not a crystal charging lunation uh, with the eclipses. Maybe you can do that with this new moon in Aries, but uh, you know, be careful what you wish for on some level as well. Um, taking a look here. Uh, so the third decan, Susanna, just just to give you some context, when we get to the Mars um, Saturn conjunction, is a seven of swords, where we're finally just completely leaving the past behind. Um, untying the karmic knots. The, the second decan of Aquarius is more about communicating back and forth between the established order and the periphery, the old and the new. It, it's a, that's a Mercury decan, so there's kind of this back and forth between the past and the future, or between worlds. And then finally, in the, the third decan of Aquarius, we're finally just like, okay, we're, we're leaving it behind. We're, we're going off into the unknown, into the, into the West or whatever, right? Uh, Andrea says, Spencer, I love that. Doing some action, cooking, chopping action. Yeah, it's give your Mars something to do at this new moon. Okay, this is my, my biggest advice for you. Just do something with your hands, like do something with your mind. The, the sun also is representative of the spirit and the head and the intellect. Um, I think that a lot of the times Aries get bad rap, gets, they get bad raps about this brutishness where many Aries display extreme intelligence like because of the exaltation of the sun there and in, uh, in astrology traditional astrology the sun being associated with the intellect just as much as as mercury mercury more more about the delivery of it rather than the actual insights themselves does that make sense absolutely um i was thinking like this could be a time to like get into martial arts yeah you know utilizes the intellect and the um physical as well 
I'm thinking about like Joseph Campbell was an Aries son in this. I believe he he had his son in this decade, and he just like had this mind that was just very expansive about like myth and things like that. And um, I don't know. I think he had he's not a perfect figure either historically, but but he, you know he he talked a lot about the monomyth and the the hero's journey and things of that nature. So just one example of a of a person using that martial energy towards the intellect. Raven says the action of Mars and finding a way to express it in a productive way is very important. I have Mars and Virgo in the fifth and I make block prints and do a lot of detailed carving. Yeah, I have Mars and Virgo myself and I like working on little tiny things. I, you can see behind me, I have bonsai trees. So I use Mars to like, you know, cut these tiny little trees and pay attention to all the little details and things like that. So, uh, yeah. Give your Mars something to do. Okay. Yeah, Susanna says she has her Mars at 21 Aquarius. Well, your Mars is right on my descendant, so that's awesome. So untie those karmic knots, Susanna. Leave the past behind. Uh, utilize that frustration to be able to make a new start rather than... Mm, I've seen clients with that position. They get so frustrated with the situation, but they, they will put up with it longer than they should. Does what that make sense? is mars and aquarius three okay, okay yeah so there, there may be something that you have to just finally move on from with that position there andrea mm -hmm. uh, uh susanna sorry andrea thank you for the super chat and your little fox emoji remco thank you for your super chat and your little martial arts fox that we have here it's adorable so i i that's a good um do you all get to pick which sticker goes in there because <laughs> it's funny to me though <laughs> you know um, Henry says, Sun in Aries is very center mind, uh, it is, but it's with Chiron too, so prepare for the teaching path. Spencer, that's amazing that you do bonsai. Yeah, bonsai is so much fun. Um, Claire Aligning Light Astrology is here. Claire Moon, Dr. Claire Moon, uh, PhD, is here uh, saying, I love bonsai. That's perfect for Mars and Virgo. It is perfect for Mars and Virgo. I, it's, it's such a relaxing hobby. I, I, I really dig it. Um, Raven says, yes, Virgo Mars, detailed working with the hands, 100%. All right, CV, should we go back to the chart here? How are you yeah. doing? Yeah, I just was thinking to myself how I respect all of my friends with Virgo placements because I have absolutely no patience for details. <laughs> right. Like I'm thinking next time someone gives me a bonsai tree, I know who I'm giving it to. <laughs> well good yeah i'll take it i i love i love doing it um well and that's why i like talking with you sometimes is we have a complimentary style i think that i'll get into the nitty-gritty and you'll be able to use your intuition to to pull it back out to a big picture viewpoint so mass gesture that's right exactly um okay so i think that we have for the most part broken down this specific April 1st event. Um, if I move forward and let's, I want to take you through just to the full moon and just talk a little bit about some of the things that are going to unfold during this full moon. So on the next day, we are having the, the Kazemi between uh, Mercury and the sun. So you can see here that they're kind of uh, Mercury and the sun are coming together at about 13 degrees of Aries, okay, which is on a fixed star called Alderamin, 
There, there it is, right there. Now, Alderman, that's in Cepheus the King, talking about the dignity and things like that. So, I guess how do we communicate our new sovereignty, right? Our new independence in a way that is uh, fair, uh, that is is establishing good, benevolent governance rather than uh, authoritarian uh, autocracy, right? Like this is a you got to be careful with this of saying, well, well, I said it and like, that's the way it's going to be. <laughs> Have you ever had one of those moments, CB? <laughs> so I, I like to say about this kind of thing, because I, hmm, I've had a lot of humbling around that type of energy. I think Leo ascendants in general tend to be like, I have decreed it, and that is the way it is going to be. Screw you. <laughs> and with the sun ruling my first house in the 12th, uh, oftentimes that energy doesn't work out very well for me. So I've had to learn to like swallow my pride many times and be like, oh, okay. <laughs> I have to like what is your viewpoint? Like, let's come to a compromise. So I like to say about this type of energy is that you can choose to be that way um, for a period of time. But what you're doing is you're planting the seed of your own demise through your own hubris, right? I think that uh, what I've learned from, you know, traditional Chinese philosophy is, is that when you you go to an extreme, you're planting the seed of its opposite, right? And you try to is assert too much dominance or power in a situation. What you're doing is creating resentment. Um, whereas if you're sharing power, or if you're benevolent and you're treating people with the respect that they deserve, you know your authority will be respected. Does that make sense? So how can you establish respectable authority in whatever area of life that you're working with at this new moon, rather than uh, creating a situation of conflict that eventually will make your time in the position of power temporary, right? Because it's like, oh, well, you, okay, you can establish that, that dominance for a short period of time, but then you will be usurped, right? Because of your mistreatment of others. So, and I think we're going through this as a, as a culture right now, uh, this, the Aries uh, Aquarius placements here, where we're saying, how can we equally and fairly distribute power, resources, wealth, and treat people with respect so that we can get along in harmony without having to plant the seeds of like uh, unrest and things like that. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, go ahead. No, no, it's interesting because I think of like when I think of Aries, I keep thinking of like us. Mercury here too, like in in respect to communication, right? Like it's like a sword. Like you can, if you use it consciously, right, um, correctly, you can cut through and protect, right? Get yeah. rid of that which isn't, you know. Again, you're you're standing in defense of something, but you can just as easily, right? Like trip up and you know start taking out people um, yes literally cut people. so it's like be careful what you cut 
right? Which coming back to maybe finding a way to expel that energy. Are you cutting people or are you cutting problems or are you? Oh, I like that. I like that. And also you're running, if you're running too fast with a giant sword in your hand, you could trip over a rock and impale yourself, right? Absolutely. <laughs> so, yeah. I, I love that though. Cutting people or cutting problems. Yeah, direct it towards something. Just give it. That's where it really brings it back to just giving that energy somewhere to go and something to do. Um, and, and this is true if you are. This is something that I've learned as a parent is just give your give your young, energetic, toddler or teenager something to do, and they will be much less destructive. Like you give them a piece of paper and a crayon, they're probably going to draw something you know, there instead of on the walls of your living room, right? So it's like creating the, the, the structures within that you want to direct that energy in some level. Okay, so we've got the Mercury Kazemi, the renewal of Mercury. Mercury's moving screaming fast. We probably are receiving messages and impulses from, from the divine around this period of time on how we can establish our own sovereignty, establish our own independence. And then when we move forward, um, I'm going to move this down here. When we move forward to the fourth, that's when we have the coming together of Mars and Saturn. Do you have any thoughts about Mars and Saturn coming together here? Because this seems like a big moment, um, especially on the global stage. Uh, yeah, I feel like, how should I say this? Again, my, my, my Mercury and Pisces, it feels like a very like, like a, a moment where things come undone, right? Mm -hmm. So like, it feels like it's some, this feels like, again, whether it's a certain amount of order or something that's sort of happening with Saturn or some like something that's been kind of going steady in Mars is kind of just like, we could say waking up or like fucking shit up. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it, it, it feels like a very sort of explosive moment. Um, yeah, it's a uh, two malefics coming together, right? And I'm getting just kind of a vibe of like a, you know, gas pedal break type of thing. Yeah. Um, you know, fr frustration is the word that just keeps coming up in my mind where we want to move forward, but Saturn is saying, Ugh, but here's this reality check. Here's this break that we have to, this emergency break we have to pull. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, the other thing that, that we haven't really touched on with this is that all of these planets in Aquarius have been going through what's called the north bending of the nodes, which in my experience, that's a big turning point. Okay. Um, and, and we've been going through so much change lately because all these planets are going through these turning points. And I've been making the point to, to, to point out to people uh, that each of those planets represents a different two topics in your life. Yep. So, so, right. So we had Venus that recently was representing the Taurus and Libra area of your life. Then we have uh, Mars that is going to be hitting the bending of the nodes here on the fifth that is representing the Aries and Scorpio area of your life. And then roughly, you know, a few days after that, Saturn's going to do that as well. Saturn's going to go through those that that changing of the guard and that that turning point. So I guess what I would say is, be gentle with yourself with all these changes. Um, on the global scale, Jupiter and Neptune are coming together around this period of time as well. And 
generally that has been associated with peace or with nations coming together. Here's what I hope, CV, because I've been looking at the the other big elephant in the room that we haven't really talked about is the, the, the continuing conflict in Ukraine and with Russia and things of that nature. And this Mars-Saturn conjunction is coming together opposite Vladimir Putin's Pluto. Um, and also, according to some charts, exactly on Russia's descendant. Um, so my hope is that, that that signals an ending to to that conflict with, with Jupiter and Neptune coming together, historically representing peace treaties. Um, I think there are other possibilities, I, 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 but I hope, I'm hoping for the, the peaceful one. Any, any thoughts on, on that ongoing situation? I mean, I think it's too, specifically, I don't necessarily feel like equipped enough to talk about it, but I, I do think what you said about Mars Saturn being a turning point is completely spot on, right? I love this, like, there's this frustrating moment and something's about to flip. Yeah. But I also kind of see this still, mm, the Neptune stuff, Neptune Jupiter is a little bit of like, it feels like disinformation, right? Like, I don't know, I, I hope, right? Like, I hope it means peace. But I also feel there's a bit of like, amongst there's this kind of backdrop of like these like super reality happening and then kind of like everyone's like but what is truth there's yeah. a bit of like well i think it could be a peaceful resolution or it could be nations banding together because of a really bad event you know I, and I, like i said i hope it's the first one rather Absolutely. than the latter yeah. right so um, but I could see that being a, a, a way it would play out too. Is, but but I, I really do believe that one way or the other, Jupiter-Neptune talks about a unification of purpose, you know? Um, and, and we had a long talk. I had a talk with this other astrologer, Hannah Kuhari. Mm-hmm. We were bringing up that there are historical peace treaties that, that happen at various Jupiter-Neptune conjunctions. Um, Jupiter being the planet of peace, actually, uh, the one that brings order and peace back to the, the realm. But you're right, like with Neptune being involved, it, it could be an illusion. You know, it could be something that is uh, fabricated. <laughs> I don't know, like something to consider also. So, okay, so we've got that. This is going to happen in the midst of this, uh, this lunation, this Mars-Saturn conjunction that's happening here. And as we continue to roll on through this lunar cycle, uh, we're going to have, during this April 5th time, the moon is also going to be out of bounds from April 5th to April the 10th. Now, moon was out of bounds last week too, like from, I think, the middle of last week till the middle of the weekend, most recently, which can create some heightened emotional experiences um i know that i i definitely had a a a rough week last week emotionally and um i think that it's easy for us to go to these extremes when the moon is out of bounds right what do you think about the moon being out of bounds here and how do we best handle that i'm probably not the person (laughs) i'm like my life like because sometimes there'll be like these moments these transits and people are talking about i'm like 
my life is an emotional experience. So it's really hard <laughs> to like qualitatively like understand. <laughs> do you have any out of bounds planets actually? Do you... I, I, I did look this up the other day. Um, hmm. I do, is my moon out of bounds? I can't arrive something out of bounds. Yeah. I, my life just feels out of bounds, but <laughs> your life, you're like, my whole life is out of bounds. You know, that's, right. And I, uh, I just love the fact that the out of bounds moon is, of course, the Gemini moon, which is like the sort of distracted already a bit out of bounds. Moon. Right. So, so maybe this, this is leading to too many options, right? Just feeling that we just have these crazy options that we're going to. And, you know, I would think that this might be yeah, your your moon's not quite out of bounds. It's really far above the ecliptic, but not not quite out of bounds there. But what I will say is that as a collective, we may be exploring possibilities that are far ranging than we would normally explore, right? Because the moon is not beholden to the sun anymore with this, you know, out of bounds basically means that the the, the planet is moving outside the normal path of the sun, which it was in traditional astrology was considered the authority. So it's kind of like all the shackles are off with the moon and it can just kind of do whatever it needs to do. Um, so I think that, you know, we have the moon representing the body, emotions, um, intuition, but also changeability. So a, a lot of changes can happen really quickly. So try to center yourself for these five days and, and, recognize that you might have some wild swings uh that may be a little bit destabilizing it's just ruled by because it's in you know mercury sorry gemini ruled by that mercury and aries this feels like a like a moment where maybe we're getting like changes happening it feels like the like like the television is just changing channels way too quickly and we can't keep up Yes, yeah, it's, it does feel like we've been given a lot of information just coming at us all at once, doesn't it? With all of the just everything that we're going through collectively and with all of the planets at the bending of the nodes and all of this kind of thing. Um, yeah, it's it's a it's a lot to process. Tanya is is saying Tanya Gerardo says isn't Deneb El Gedi near where Saturn and Mars will be if so how does this star flavor those planets that's a good observation Tanya and yes the, the, that is near um, that particular fixed star I will say that this that Saturn uh, Mars conjunction is actually slightly closer to a fixed star called Sa del Sud they're in really similar areas so Saad al Sud was called the luckiest of the lucky. Yeah. So that's about creating luck through uh, synchronicity. So being in the right place at the right time. So maybe there is something that happens around that period of time by allowing things in your life to happen without having to force it. Now with Deneb El Gedi, is like the, the, the tail. Uh, it's like the tail of Capricorn. So that one has some associations with uh, with law, with like establishment of law. So maybe we're establishing some kind of new social order around that period of time as well, if you want to bring Dana Belgetti into the equation as well. So uh, a great observation. That's why we have such a wonderful community here. Thank you for um, bringing that into our attention as well. Um, you can also see in this chart that 
Venus is dipped into Pisces on the fifth as well, which for for some is is like a oh yay hooray Venus is in its exaltation in Pisces. For others, it might be oh no Venus isn't helping Saturn and Mars anymore, <laughs> right? Uh, so we've got the eight of the eight of cups here for that decan of Venus CV. Um, what are your what's been your experience with that card and with that with that decan and um, here we go. You could see that figure going off into the distance. Well, we talked about this at length when Jupiter moved into that decan. I remember mm-hmm. we had conversations, and I'm actually remembering last year when it, Jupiter first ingressed there. And it's interesting because there's, of course, this idea of leaving something behind. And it's interesting because, like, Jupiter has now been in this space for a while and has passed through that decan. But thinking about it is like, I think the way you described it is almost like a tease because it's like in that first decan, you're like, okay, like, ugh, like you realize you're kind of over something. You're like, yeah. I want something new. I don't quite know what it is, but I know that I'm just like over this like way I've been doing things to some extent. Um, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's it's like the, the dissatisfaction with the, the, the material reality that you've created so that you're going off in search of some kind of higher purpose or meaning. And, you know, maybe with Venus here, it may be an object of desire that we've been pursuing that we're just like, you know what, we don't actually want this. Like, we're just going to go off and, you know, leave this behind, maybe define what is truly meaningful for us, not necessarily what, you know, we've been doing this whole entire time. So eventually you'll find it, you'll find what's really meaningful for you as, as Venus goes through uh, the, the, the decans of Pisces and eventually comes into a conjunction with Jupiter on, on April the 30th, which is crazy, it's super powerful, at Venus's exaltation degree. That's just, like I said, that's as, as good as Venus gets. Um, so, you know, allow yourself to release what isn't serving you anymore. If there's something that's just truly not bringing you happiness, be willing to to go off and, and envision something better or higher. And it may not necessarily even be a material thing. It could be just a value that you have, right? It doesn't, sometimes when we, that's when we get, come back to like our Hollywood uh, actors that we were talking about, like even though they, they're going back to their multi-million dollar mansions, that doesn't necessarily guarantee their happiness moving forward. Maybe they don't want to be in the spotlight or something like that. There's There's a lot of people that are, that feel the the downsides of fame and fortune as well, right? Absolutely. Overall, this Venus placement feels like a continuing story from the lunation and that the in the Aries new moon, we get this sort of birth of like, okay, like this part of this Aquarius part of our charts has been worked over for a while. And you still have Saturn and Mars sort of battling it out. And within sort of this, there is this sort of new idea that's sort of born with Aries, right? That's like, okay, like what is the new mission, right? We could right. say coming out. It feels like a rebirth kind of for this Aquarius moment. And then now like now part of it is like, okay, we have the new mission in a sense, or what's the thing we're on to? But then part of that is like Venus is like, okay, like it's kind of like this subplot of like, now we have to like let something go to like bring something in. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Those are parallel stories. uh, Yeah, that's a good way to describe parallel stories because there's it's just really not going to be witnessing Mm -mm. any of the the airy stuff anymore. 
or the Aquarius stuff. So you've got the, you know, all that Pisces energy is going on with, you know, just in its own area of your life, you know, without bearing any testimony to these other planets, which sometimes can be good, but other times it can be like, oh, well, it, it can feel like we're juggling multiple lives that aren't necessarily cooperating with one another. And that can be a little bit of a frustrating experience as well. Absolutely. I, you know, just not specifics, but it feels like in everyone's life I've encountered my own life. And I wonder if you could say the same again, not specifics. It feels like there's a place in our life where things are very challenging and there's a certain story that's unfolding, but then there's also like, Oh, this thing that tends to be working out for us perhaps, or getting, I hate saying Jupiter is always like working out for us because sometimes Jupiter can just be highlighting a situation, but it does seem like there is parallels. We've all sort of had these parallel stories in our lives and this Venus is going to be adding to the plot of the second one. Yeah, there's, I think anytime you're trying to achieve an ideal, a dream, something that, you know, is a long cherished thing in your life, there can come that can bring up other challenges and other repressed things that may have been blocking that manifestation, even through just our belief systems, mm, right? Through, yeah. through just saying, well, I could never have that, or I could never achieve that, or I can never be that. Um, and I think that when we're making a, a significant change that I think we are all going through right now, this is sort of a cocoon hatching moment, I feel. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to bring up some self-doubt. It's going to bring up some, maybe even some interpersonal issues that need to be worked out if, if you're doing something like that with someone else as well. And, you know, that the, the, the way that I've been dealing with that kind of thing is saying, you know what, is this thing important to me? Yes. Do I have another choice not really am i completely prepared for what it is no but we just have to kind of do it and and it's kind of this thing where you know i'm i'm potentially making some shifts with my living situation so that's what i can say about it. if people are like oh he's being really vague about it and for those of you who know about cancers someone's living situation is it's very important to a cancerian and it can be really stressful trying to figure out all the ins and outs of that. Um, and I'm tired, y'all. <laughs> it's, a, it's a full-time job trying to establish uh, establish that type of thing. Um, so that's what I'll say. Um, but again, you have to kind of take the leap every once in a while, right? And this is why I appreciate talking to my Aries friends, because a lot of the time, the cancerian caution is is will stop you from doing taking a risk and when you have that aries energy that's the type of energy that just says just fucking do it <laughs> you can worry about it later you know <laughs> like right and, and you know you've pretty much said that to me sometimes it's like, just fucking do it and you can figure it out you'll be fine <laughs> like and i've had other aries friends who just be like this with instead of hemming and hawing over it for ages sometimes you just have to kind of make that push uh-huh. and then figure it out and yes you might get a bump on the head and yes you know hopefully you won't impale yourself on the sword because that's you don't want that <laughs> but where there's a will there's a way right 
Absolutely. I love, yeah, I just, overall thinking about, again, about this lunation, I keep thinking about like a turning point, like Mars being there to like push the narrative forward in a way that maybe, maybe there's, we're all kind of being forced to make decisions. I think going back to what you said earlier, but I've been thinking the mundane, right? There's going to be a almost like that crisis point when, with Mars is like, oh no, we have to go, even though Saturn's trying really hard to put the brakes on. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we just have to be really conscientious. I think that's the thing to, to um, keep in mind. Um, I'm looking at the chat. Tarya T is joining us from Finland. We've got the two Tarya's, the two terrific Tanya Tarya's <laughs> that are uh, transporting their terrific, uh, they're terrific. What is a T word for messages? Cross content. They're what? I just, I was torrent. Transmitting their torrents of T Rex. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. What happens when I get punchy? <laughs> Welcome, Tarya. And Tarya is doing her own new, new moon ritual for their own, their astrology group. So I'm glad that you're able to join us, even if it was a little late that's okay no worries we're not really working with you know, linear time right now today anyway so you're in the right place that's right what is time um andrea says thinking of venus searching for true value beauty and fulfillment in that eight of cups enjoying the cups and find what that fine wine she will with what fine wine she will fill them yeah exactly like let's let's figure out what we can what we can um find the sense of fulfillment uh but but first we have to empty those cups out if we want to put something good in them right if you've got just this old rotten mead or something you might have to dump that out first <laughs> and then find the yeah transmission there you go remco is helping us out after the fact here I, i've got a 30 second delay so I, it, you know you probably had a, a better idea while i was searching for it all right cv ct no your cv too many t's um, so I've covered the Venus in Pisces. We've talked a little bit about Mars being at the bending of the nodes. You know, a couple days after that, Mercury and Saturn are going to sextile, as well as Mars and uh, Mercury sextiling. So maybe some help from Mercury uh, along the way. And um, T-Rex trans transmission, yes. Let's talk just a little bit briefly about the first quarter moon. And then we'll wrap this thing up. Yeah. Okay. Thank you for your patience. You you are the most patient Aries friend that I have. Um, it's because my Mercury is in Pisces, and yeah. I'm just half of me is just swimming behind you. So. And you 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 also you have a, a Taurus Venus too, right? Mm -hmm. That probably helps. I'm I'm sure. Um. Okay. Claire says, man, letting go is hard. Hoping Pisces pool party will help me let go and not just leave me deluded for another month. Yeah. Yeah. I, I want a pool party. I miss pool parties. Like, that's what we all need right now. It's a relaxing pool. So good. Yeah. The, the Piscean pool party. I love the alliteration we have on the show today. Uh, Rachel says, I think this sounds like an interesting lunar cycle. I'm emptying the cup in, in the emptying cups phase already, it seems. Yeah. Me too. Me too, Tarya. I, and sometimes we can feel drained when we're emptying all the cups of all the old things that are, have been holding us back, potentially, that a lot of them are just internal. Uh, internal. One of the things that I do in my morning prayers is I 
actually like working with Ganesh a little bit. And Ganesh is a remover of obstacles. And I always pray to Ganesh and I say, Ganesh, please remove any obstacles that are external in the path, but also the ones that are internally generated. And, you know, that that's kind of the, some of the things we're going through here too, is as much as you may want to rage against something outside of yourself, it's equally important to come to terms, acceptance, remove, uh, compost, any old narratives that you, that may be stopping you from taking external action. That's why these things are so related, right? So related, like as, as within, so, so without, as above, so below, because we're, we really, if we're not in alignment with our vision, there's no way we can take, you know, well thought out action on this externally, right? Absolutely. So come into alignment with your vision. Um, so we're looking here at the uh, first quarter phase. Well, we have the sun at the degree of exaltation, 19 degrees of Aries, and the moon in her own domicile in Cancer. Um, what do you think about this, this first quarter phase? What kind of challenge are we dealing with here, CV? I'm just... My first thought is like, this just feels very, just high motion, emotions. Just, I mean, obviously like the moon and, and but I feel like the sun in Aries has its own sort of like, can have its own sort of drama. And then the moon sort of feels like a lot of crying. <laughs> <laughs> this, is the, this is the crying aspect. The crying aspect. Right. to like release everything we've been thinking about and the crying game right letting go of all those cups i've just i've just got that that uh what was that oh, that boy george song going through my head i know all there is to know <laughs> about the crying game the crying game <laughs> like, you know so so let the tears flow uh i think that what i do like about this first quarter and I don't know if I ever like squares with the moon yeah. and the sun, yeah. but both the planets, uh, both of the luminaries, the sun and the moon are in places that they really have a lot of strength. So I think that we may be able to establish our sense of personal sovereignty, yeah. but we have to take into consideration, how are we going to nurture that new state that we've created, right? That new, um, independence what what is going to support it uh emotionally physically what resources are we going to have to tap into to to bring it into fruition and to sustain it over time because you were talking about like with we talk about aries energy it's great for like the first push but how do you sustain that project that energy that enthusiasm over time right how do you nurture it into a fully fledged thing so whatever you started at the, the, the new moon in Aries, um, at this point in the cycle on April 9th or so, you may have to protect what you've started too. The, the second decan of cancer, which my son is in, is all about creating uh, a, a healthy boundary, to like a greenhouse, to protect a small plant that wants to grow. And how do you to keep that project moving forward how do you create a healthy environment for growth and 
you know, protect it against the wolves that could come in or the, the, the pests that could come in and eat it before it's strong enough to resist, right? So this may be the testing point of how are you going to protect your goal? How are you going to uh, establish, allow it to become established and make it come to full fruition at that full moon, right? I also feel like it's the way that, like my crying game comment wasn't just because it's, you know, you know, the moon and cancer, but it feels also maybe like it's, um, excuse me, like this, the squaring moon, right? Like we're kind of like building something, but that there might be like, it, it's also a time to remind ourselves that like to stay patient, mm-hmm. right? Because I always think of like Aries being the impatient crybaby where like the moon and can't like, and so it feels like this could also be a moment where we're getting anxious that the things aren't happening quick enough. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so reminding ourselves to protect it, but it is also reminding ourselves like, okay, like stay the course. Yeah. 100%. Like this is always a crisis of either consciousness or an external action. So, so in the first quarter, um, Demetra George compares this point in the phase to a, a, a crisis of bringing something into form, you know? So, and when the last quarter we're saying, oh, well, how do we release everything from the previous cycle? Okay, a crisis of consciousness. Okay, the next day, CV, we've got Mercury squaring uh, Pluto. So this may be also part of the, the crying game that we're experiencing is having a difficult conversation potentially with the system. Uh, with the bureaucratic system, with people and authority figures, which are represented by Capricorn three, um, third decan of Aries though is is Eros ruled, um, and it's Venus ruled, so it's it's kind of about uh, winning someone over, right? You know, I, I, the one thing I like to point out about Eros CV is that there's gold tipped arrows that inflame passions. But there's also lead-tipped arrows that they have that can completely repel uh, the object of desire. And I think it's really important if you have air, Mercury or any planet in this decan to, to be aware of what type of energy your charisma is producing. Are you becoming the attractive pheromone uh, you know, that's, that's winning someone over to your side? Or is your expression repelling something sort of like a skunk energy right oh Does that makes sense yeah and i love that and again it goes with the sort of double-edged sword yeah mars concept right you can totally either it's you know be pleasing or completely cutting yeah i guess my advice for this aspect is just um try to use maybe even a sense of humor um you know you're going to catch some flies more flies with honey than maybe with vinegar potentially uh, I know that's a, a cliched little aphorism, but I found that most of the time it works. Um, but there may be some difficult conversations that, that have to happen between you and some somebody potentially in a position of authority uh, that may be managing resources as well. It, it also kind of feels to me like with the Mars square um, Pluto that perhaps this is a day to right, like be careful with your words, yes. right? Like, with the Pluto, like you might be compelled to get in a fight and speak your, your sort of deepest, right? Like Plutonian words at someone without yeah. thinking 
about it vis-a-vis Aries um, and, you know, have to suffer a bit of um, the underworld before and afterwards. <laughs> uh, yes. So definitely an eruption of feelings that have been repressed for a long time. So, so be aware that that, that may be coming. Um, yeah, I'm just picturing Hades erupting from the underworld and to abduct Persephone and like yeah. just this violent volcanic eruption, right? So, okay, um, let's keep going. You doing good? Yeah. Okay. If we look at um, that same day after the square to Pluto perfects, Mercury is going to be moving into Taurus. So uh, this is something where we're going to see maybe after this really difficult conversation, maybe that helps us reestablish a sense of maybe peace. Um, maybe we are able to slow down a little bit. There it is. Okay. Maybe maybe after we have a, a difficult conversation with the bureaucratic authority, um, we're asking some questions about what resources do we have and what are we going to how, how are we going to scare up the, the the resources to move forward with our our plan and our project right that's that's the first second of taurus is sort of that planning phase that's the five of um five of pentacles right where the two figures are outside of the church and they're like you know they've fallen on hard times um I think more of that card though it's not it's not that you'll be poor it's just that you've got the the worry that you might not have enough you know and that sets you off into uh trying to prepare materially for the future yeah you know it's funny like shorthand when you said that my immediate thought was a little different i was thinking that mercury in aries right like shouting out its plutonian feelings uncensored and then moving into taurus like what the fuck now i have to face the consequences Ooh, yeah yeah my, my, yep. now yep. i'm literally i'm on the outside of like the system because i yeah. shut off my mouth without thinking about it yeah a, a distinct possibility so <laughs> be careful with your words because yeah yeah every every action we take has some kind of repercussion or butterfly effect <laughs> and if you you know, are out of control and you, you, you're abusive. They're, they're in, in, in normal civil society, there are, there are repercussions, there are consequences. So um, just, I guess, be careful, be really careful that your words aren't so damaging that it creates a situation that is irreparable, right? Well, it says dire consequences. Dire consequences. <laughs> Having to like, you know, mouth off at a police officer and then getting a oh, yeah. traffic ticket or something, like some sort of road rage moment. And you're like, fuck, now I have like a... Right. Well, and look at what the dire consequences could potentially be. Here's Mars. I'm sorry, here's Saturn at 22 degrees of Aquarius at the bending of the nodes. So Saturn is the planet of consequences. Um, it is, it is the planet that says, uh, you done fucked up and, uh, here is, here is the, here's your, your ticket. Here's your sentence, you know, here are the repercussions, the reality check. So again, CVs are right on the mark here. Be careful of how you express yourself because it could lead to a turning point that isn't good. Um, but, but what I would say is look, look at the Aquarius and Capricorn area of your chart. 
for you know that area of your chart going maybe forward towards growth potentially maybe another way of thinking of that um mercury pluto square is just having a really difficult conversation that had to be made and maybe that allows you to move forward with your commitment which is another um which is another signification of saturn uh is binding you to something so getting everything out on the table then could lead to committing and making plans where Mercury is moving through Taurus again and, and making something real and tangible. All right. Um, Remco says this first quarter moon has a nice trine coming from Jupiter, Neptune, and Pisces. Yeah, so hopefully that will help us to soften any of the challenges that we're, we're going through with that as well. Um, Remco says, loving the live today, but I'll have to leave you. Oh, no, Remco. Well, thank you, Remco, for being here. Have a lovely day, my friend. And, and thank you for coming. We'll see you at the next one. Um, all right, CB, we're almost there. We're I'm almost still gonna, there. By the way, I'm, I'm thinking about that trine yeah. uh, from the, the Pisces party. The Pisces, Pisces party? party? The Pisces pity party? Pool party, pity party. And pool I'm party. Still- there you go. Yeah. It could be a pity party. <laughs> I'm standing by my big tears moment, right? Because I feel, if anything, like a trine from Jupiter in Pisces just like heightens the emotion. It's like putting a magnifying glass on it. Yeah. And so, so simultaneously, while we have Mercury moving into Taurus, Saturn going through the north bending of the nodes, we have Jupiter making a conjunction to Neptune. And that's going to perfect on the 12th, but it, but we're going to be feeling it up up in with all these other transits simultaneously. So uh, that third decan of Pisces is about sacrifice. It's it's a Mars rule decan, and and it's a it's a Mars rule decan in a Jupiter house. So it says, what are you willing to give up? What are you? How are you willing to fight for the dream? for the vision, for the idealism, what are you willing to do? So that may lead to some very humbling moments where we say, can we do this dream? What are we going to give up? Because a lot of the things that we've been trying to bring into reality, um, they require sacrifice. If you're trying to, sometimes when you have to achieve something great, there's always sacrifice involved, whether it's like an athlete that's training and giving up social events when they're younger to train for like the Olympics or something, or whether it's an outlay of resources to achieve a material goal, um, or if it's a, a political idealism that's happening, a crusade of any type does require sacrifice. And this may be the moment where we're saying, oh my goodness, what do we really have to give up to, to make to bring this into reality, right? But I think that the manifestation of that comes when Venus and Jupiter come together at the at the eclipse. So I'll just throw that out there. Um, on the 14th, Mars will move into Pisces. So there Mars is joining the pool party <laughs> in its own, you know, uh, eventually it'll be in its own decan. It's not in the first decan, but um, it may accelerate the the leaving the, the the eight cups behind and going off into your I, your dreamland. Uh, maybe this is where you're like, oh fuck it, I'm just gonna go go sit on my floaty and you know have a drink and 
and just chill out for a little bit. That might be the impulse that you have after all this intensity of the of the time before. I just had the vision that like the the pool party is some sort of like hot tub situation <laughs> and like Mars just turns it into like boiling water. <laughs> <laughs> right. The jets. All I can think of when you said that was like hot tub time machine. So <laughs> Mars is just like you're going to go back to the time of the dinosaurs and have to fight some T-Rex now. <laughs> I don't know. But yes, turning up the heat, turning up the jets, making, you know, having the bubbles, yeah. uh, excitement uh, is part of that now. Um, maybe, you know, like getting our emotions a little bit riled up in, in that way. Um, yeah, Claire says, yes, where's my floaty? Yeah. <laughs> she says, y'all, my life, it's such a mess uh, this month. Yeah, Claire, I mean, without giving away too much with Claire, but Claire is feeling the, um, the fixed rising hellscape that some of us are also <laughs> experiencing. Um, so I feel you, Claire, and I, I really just give my, uh, my empathy out to all of you fixed risings right now going through um, some really big changes in your life. We'll get through it. Uh, and us fixed risings don't like change, but um, maybe we'll, the shakeups will put us in a better position moving forward, hopefully. It's not a better position, at least a much different position. It'll be different. So yeah. Our lives are being ripped open by yeah. the, uh, the four Don't say that, CV. We don't want things to be different. <laughs> <laughs> Like, we want things to stay the same. Like, <laughs> this is my Taurus moon talking. You kind of same, just different. Yeah. And, and and funnily enough, without giving away too many details, a lot of the, the battles I'm fighting personally right now are to keep things the same. Do you know what I mean? To, like, keep a, a sense of stability in, in my life. And it's, it's a, a Herculean effort. To, to do something of that nature. And it will be a change, but it'll also be fighting to, 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 to stay. So, all right, if we move forward, the last thing we have on our aspect here, and thanks for all hanging out with us today, is just the, the culmination of this lunar, uh, this lunar cycle with the full moon in Libra 3. And I will have another guest that I have yet to schedule, but I will schedule them soon. Uh, that will come on and we'll break this down in depth. Um, but here we have the, the moon at 26 degrees of Libra and the sun at 26 Aries. Also, Mercury is going to be making its heliacal rise and applying to uh, Uranus, which could be like, oh, wow, new messages. That's a shock. <laughs> you know, so Some shocking revelations. Jupiter and Neptune are coming together or separating. Um, what do you think we've got going on here? What are we trying to balance at this full moon CV? It feels like the new moon was this moment of like, okay, like what's the vision? What's the thing I'm trying to bring into creation? What is the turning point in this, this story that's been happening? And suddenly like Libra always kind of feels to me like, oh, but other people exist. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but but how how does this affect others yeah <laughs> well it's true and sometimes we have to take into account you know some other perspective even if we're going towards a, a long cherished personal goal you know it does have reverberations out into the others and with this this second 
this is the if Susanna is still here, here's your four of swords, uh, Deccan, right with the, the third Deccan of Libra, where maybe we need to rest a little bit, maybe we need to meditate, think about how our actions have affected others. I think of this Deccan as, as restoring balance and equilibrium yeah. through many tiny actions, but also through becoming centered within. Um, instead of searching for peace externally, you can create it and bring it to a situation through your actions. So the to me, the culmination of this, this act that we're doing is actually a restoration of peace through, and, and fighting for it on some level, like trying to establish it in the new moon. And then we're going to bring something back into balance by this crusade that we've gone on this journey. Um, Rachel is reminding me, Essence will remain, Spencer, even as the form must change. Hope that reassures. Well, thank you, Rachel, for throwing my own words back in my face. <laughs> this is, isn't that funny? This is what I love about all of you out there is, uh, you know, I, that's what I try to tell people on this channel all the time. Essence changes or form changes, but the essence remains. It's, you know, as astrologers, as people who work with divination and philosophy, we can intellectualize these experiences a lot. And then when we go through it at personally as human beings, we, 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 it's, it's a humbling, isn't it? It's like, oh, even though I knew that was coming and I, I know what I said should happen and what I should do, sometimes you have to take your own advice and work through it and, and i'm just i'm totally messing with you rachel i'm laughing along with you i i totally agree 100 percent. and it's a good reminder and i think sometimes when we are in positions of trying to be stability for other people whether it's through sharing our wisdom and our insight we we do have to take some of that time to to give that energy to ourselves because if, if we're always constantly just giving this energy um we can get burnt out we can we can get cast about um and i'm a firm believer you know i'm a firm believer that just because we have some maybe additional insight and clarity into symbolic languages that doesn't necessarily put us on a pedestal i'm i'm actually a firm believer in taking people down from that pedestal and you know smashing those hierarchies so i love it when life brings me the opportunity um, to do that and to walk walk my own talk and um, humble me in that way. Right? <laughs> no, I was thinking coming full circle right back to the very beginning conversation when you were talking about, we were talking about Will Smith and someone's like, but he reads the Bhagavad Gita. And it's like, well, yeah, like just because you study this stuff or you sort of devote your life to maybe understanding a certain philosophy like in the moment we all get tested and we don't always like our you know our, we don't always act you know we don't always measure up to the perfection that we you know mm -hmm. hope to attain yeah and and you know cb that's actually a really important pisces lesson is how can we accept the gap between our lived experience and our ideals and yeah. our aspirations, yeah. right? So there may be some challenging things where we have to come into acceptance of what 
is truly possible versus what we've been aspiring towards over these last few months or weeks or whatever, however this is going to play out. So yeah, and Rachel's confirming this as it's something I'm having to keep reminding myself of as the desired form seems out of reach. Yeah. Uh, and, and she says, CV, our tests are the greatest teachers. Yeah, 100%. Um, so, you know, I appreciate your your wisdom, Rachel, uh, and contributions. So, I, like, again, I, I, I really value um, this this community in, in, that we have in this chat here. We've got professional astrologers here. We've got professional tarot readers. We've got philosophers. We've got chefs and, you know, light workers. I just, I like it being something where, this isn't just CV and I, um, you know, waxing poetic. We 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 get additional amazing insights from people here too, and um, it's it's a more democratic type of experience. I really I really enjoy that. So thank you all for being being that for us today. Um, okay. So I guess the last thing I'll say about this uh, full moon: try to maintain your center from the inside out expect that there probably will be some messages regarding your resources that may be slightly unexpected doesn't mean they're going to be bad it just means that it's like whoa i didn't see that coming with mercury and you're honest i'm always you know it never fails to amaze me how uranus even when i see a uranus planetary like contact happening i'm still surprised by what happens it's 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 so strange. It's like oh well, there's that, but it's like holy shit! I didn't I didn't even, I didn't see that thing coming. So there's always some kind of wild card shake up with that, um, you know, that kind of lightning bolt energy of Uranus. Okay, I'm gonna stop I, my. Sh- Go ahead. I will just say last thing that Moon though, um, the full Moon in Libra really feels like an integration moment coming mm. from that new Moon, right? It, to me, it just reminds me of you brought the Four of Swords. Like I think about how when I learn something new or I'm having a frazzled day and I'm going through my experiences and I sit down and take a 20 minute meditation, right. Mm-hmm. To process. And then I wake up and I'm like, Oh, okay. Like now I understand there's kind of a shift in direction. So it feels like that. It feels like a moment to sort of take stop, step, stock, step back and maybe even have a quality yeah. meditation. Yeah. Yeah. And just, just pointing out that Venus is in her exaltation. That's, that's, you know, hosting the moon right although i will point out that venus is in aversion to the moon and the sun and the exaltation lord is saturn for the moon so venus might be trying to have this idealism but there's a saturnian element to this full moon because saturn sometimes when i heard this from martin hermes uh when when the domicile lord in this case venus to the moon is in aversion can't be seen okay the exaltation lord takes over so this may be a saturnian full moon on some level where we're finally saying okay it's finally time to move on it's finally time to let go of that old limiting glass ceiling narrative and that will help move you forward you know there's an ending associated with this as well okay cv we've got two more things to to discuss before we wrap up for the day thank you for your time today and your insights and your intuition appreciate you joining me today um so the animal that i got was the uh should we do the animal or the iching first what do you think Ooh. Ooh, iching. So, okay so let's do the iching first 
the I Ching is, uh, sorry, was that over the mic? Like I got a phone call. Yeah. <laughs> it was. <laughs> That's fun. <laughs> sorry. Like, awesome. So there you go. I'll mute all of my phones here. Uh, so the I Ching is uh, number 10 that we got for this for this particular lunation. And number 10 translates to treading uh, and treading specifically on a tiger's tail. So if Space Tiger Tarot is still here, they can give us some insight into whether we should step on your tail or not being also, I think also a, a, a Chinese New Year tiger also, I'm going to guess no. Um, yeah. I've seen, I've seen, uh, I've seen pictures of, of Andrea's dad and i was like oh no like don't mess with don't mess with andrea <laughs> dad. um so treading on the tail of the tiger is uh about having the correct behavior in what could be a dangerous or difficult situation it's really about behaving according to the proper decorum it's about saying what are you going to do when faced with conflict or a difficult situation and recognize and this works with our animal which was the monkey traditionally monkeys and tigers in, in chinese astrology are diametrically opposed so you know there's danger for a monkey if he's hanging out with a, a, a tiger right like you may want to mess around you may want to like crack jokes at someone's expense and you could get the paw to the face as we saw <laughs> in the oscars right um so there's there's two changing lines that we have with this I Ching. Yeah, Rachel says the I Ching was calling, was calling in. Um, line number three says a one-eyed man is able to see. A lame man is able to walk. He treads on the tail of a tiger. The tiger bites him. Misfortune. Like a warrior acting on behalf of his great prince. So this is describing a situation where we may not be able to see all of the repercussions of the action that we're taking the one-eyed the one-eyed man um and the, the the quote unquote lame man is maybe not able to walk as gracefully or as skillfully as someone who wouldn't have the that challenge and i think it's a a warning that we have to be careful of overconfidence right we have to be careful of getting ourselves into a situation that we're maybe not up to not up to the task of doing um I'm, i wrote down don't bite off more than you can chew now there's a caveat to this that i think is important the last part of the the book that i was reading about this that i like it's um jack m balkan's the laws of change i really really like that author and his approach to the I Ching. He's a professor of law at Yale, so it's, it's really interesting. He says, sometimes it's uh, necessary to, to plunge ahead and take a calculated risk, especially if we have no other choice, or if our backs are up against the wall, or if we're doing this out of a, a sense of duty and loyalty to others, right? So I th even though we may not feel that we have all the skills, all the confidence, all the necessary tools or resources, we may have to just take that leap anyway, if it's for a greater, higher purpose, right? Have you had situations in your life like this where you've had to take this leap and just figure out the details later? 
All the time. I'm tossing up these softballs for you. <laughs> you know, I'm laughing. I'll just share this. And I, yeah. But like, I just, um, I, I just returned from Morocco. I, I signed up with a friend of mine's a henna artist. And she was like, hey, we're going to go like this henna conference. I had no idea what a henna conference was. I didn't know anything about Morocco. And I just was like, sure. And um, like, I just, you know, just example. I don't pack when I travel or I don't think about packing. So I went there and ended up having this amazing experience and learning about this, this whole new world. But yeah, I was completely unprepared. Um, so anyway. you don't, you don't pack when you travel. I mean, I don't think about it. Like I pack the oh. night before. Like I don't, like, I don't, I'll go places and not do any sort of research and just feel like, Oh, well, here we go. <laughs> you and I have very different temperaments, <laughs> which is great. I love it. But if I was going on a trip to Morocco, I, I would be like, okay, what do I need? I got this. This is, this is all my Virgo energy. I was like, okay, I want to go here, here. I know I've got to hit this at this time. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I literally, I mean, I pack because I'm just, years of event coordinating, I've learned how to like pack. But, but really, I yeah. had no idea. I was like, oh, I don't know what we're doing. I'm just going to go and hang out with these people and see what happens. And Yeah, totally. So anyways. Well, and this is why it's good to have friends that have balancing energy, because I think a lot of the time uh, we can get really, you know, involved in our own way of doing things. And, you know, maybe in, in a conversation with me, you know, I know when you've done your IG lives, I've been like, hey, CV, introduce your guest. <laughs> like, you know, like, and then for you, like, like, you can help me not be so anal retentive about like, taking a risk, you know, uh -huh. taking a leap. And so this is why it's important to to have conversations with people that have a different perspective than you. I just, it's, it's such, it's something we're lacking in modern society right now is we put ourselves in these echo chambers. And I think it's really a detriment to everyone because a lot of the times you can get a, a much richer experience by having that, that type of exchange from a very different approach to life. It's not that one approach is better or worse than the other. They're just different. And it, it helps to bring a balance to our experience. So this is, so thank you for your sharing your experience with that. Hopefully I'll make it to Europe one day like, like you and, and have a wonderful Moroccan brunch on a terrace overlooking, is it near the ocean? I'm I wouldn't near the ocean, but it is. It's in, technically it's on the continent of Africa. Right. Oh, yeah. But I'm yeah. such a bad, I'm such a bad geographic American. It's okay. Um, yeah. No, I was in, I was land. I just actually was in Marrakesh almost the whole time. But at any wow. rate, I will back you up to say that I only travel with Virgos. <laughs> right, right, That's how I survive. Right, right, right. Balanced energy for sure. Okay, so that's the line number three that's changing. <clears throat> There's one other changing line, number six. And it says, and I quote, examine your conduct, consider whether its effects are favorable when everything is fulfilled, supreme good fortune. So this is about being pragmatic, uh, proactive in the pursuit of your goals, but also taking stock of what you've accomplished so far by your method. And you know, you and I are comparing our methods on how we would go about achieving a, a, a travel goal potentially. And you can compare and say, what has worked well, what doesn't, you know, and, and how, do, how, is, how can we make the adjustments that need to be made at that full moon in Libra? How are we going to make the adjustments to bring things back into harmony and back into balance? So 
you know, you can learn just as much from your failures as you can from your successes, sometimes even more. Probably more. Probably more, <laughs> yes. So I, I, I do think that the hard work is going to pay off with this new moon, depending on the, the pragmatic nature of your goal and whether it's in service of not just yourself, but your community as well. Like if you're really just trying to achieve some highfalutin thing that has no possibility of, of coming into reality, you may be in, in line for a disappointment. But if you are just really trying to fight for something very meaningful for not just you, but for others as well, uh, even if you're not prepared, you, I think you'll figure it out. Take, just You can learn from experience. I think that's another thing with Aries is it's not about hemming and hawing about like Libra and saying, what if I do this? And what if I do this? And what's the pros and cons? It's like, no, I'm just going to do it and I'll learn what I need to know in the moment. Right. Yep. Right. What did you learn in Morocco, CV? Got so many things. Um, honestly, I, I learned about like the art of henna, which I had no mind sort of fading now. Oh, very cool. I, I, I will just say this. I ended up being, in, I feel like a very privileged position because I was with Moroccan henna artists as well as um, a group of henna artists from across the, the world who were there to study um specifically the moroccan um lineage of henna and so i yeah it was really truly um insightful and beautiful and we will have a separate conversation with that hopefully on my ig live i'm going to interview um i'd like to interview one of the moroccan head artists i'm looking forward to that yeah let me know um okay so these changing lines are resolving in hexagram number 43, which is called resolution, determination, decisiveness, speaking forthrightly, elimination or eradicating remaining evils. So a breakthrough. So this is helping us to let go of our hesitation of letting go of our self-doubt and moving forward with, with dignity towards our new future and our new future reality and our new future sovereignty and independence. So I want to talk about the monkey real quick here. The monkey, I, I really like this book. I'll show you the book that I, I, I use as my divinatory device. It's Animal Frequency by Melissa Alvarez. And what I do when I do these lives, I just, okay. Oh, okay, there it is. You know, just, just do it as like a, a flip through. And she talks about monkey representing understanding compassion and, and intelligence the monkeys are very social animals so they 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 have like they take care of each other a lot of the time i mean they can fight with each other and mess with each other but ultimately they they, they care about their families and their their communities um they require a lot of intellectual stimulation they they use tools there's ingenuity so this may be a time to solve a puzzle right to solve something that's been vexing you taking action rather than sitting back, maybe taking some time to play too. I think sometimes we get real serious about these goals that we have. Yeah, we're not yeah. playing enough, right? Um, and I wrote down careful, it literally says in the, her version, careful of trickery and jokes, people could take offense or react in anger. And I was like, oh, wow, we've witnessed that already. Is, is uh, Chris Rock, is he a monkey? <laughs> like is, I wonder what his uh, Chinese New Year animal is. But anyway, um, so be resourceful, seek out the companionship of family and friends, utilize your honor and charisma and communication to establish your sovereignty and your leadership. 
right? All right, CV. Any any monkey thoughts? Were there are there any monkeys in Morocco? Yeah, it was very. <laughs> No, they have the men who have like the monkeys and a chain and like yeah. I there were, like on several occasions I was like if I wasn't in a foreign country I would like assault these men and steal their <laughs> um, <laughs> um, such a, I have such a love of primates but mm-hmm. yeah so well very smart very yeah yeah also- I was born in the year of the monkey so I I'm I've I've uh utilize that as a as a symbol as a guide um trying to find creative solutions to things um you know it's a little different than that tiger energy and you know sometimes when we are the animal the astrological animal that is opposite of the the year you're going through some big big changes so you're what you're watching a, a monkey in the year of the tiger right now trying to navigate around the tiger tails <laughs> yeah exactly uh so interesting times for sure um so henry harrison is saying tre- treading is also lou uh, a pair of shoes so connotes doing your duty yeah so so bringing in the, the element of duty again um i like that uh it's so aries right yeah definitely we're we're trying to 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 fight for something that we really believe in and say this is who we are and this is what we're going to do. Rachel says terrifies me too much Virgo admire that faith so much. <laughs> well, I'll have to have like a, a, a an astrology together. Yeah, a group trip, right? <laughs> you guys get to plan. I can. Right there, you go. Well, maybe we'll do an astro workshop in Europe someday, and you know, CV can get us there and we'll do the planning (laughs) (laughs) um yeah claire says we'd love to hear about your trip so yeah cb is going to be doing something on her art of zodiac channel follow her on instagram sherilyn is here thank you sherilyn for participating today nice to see you yes had to cut neighbor's barbed wire fence to help a deer that was bound up in it had a long complicated relationship to the neighbor just couldn't let the deer suffer yeah just there's, there's all sorts of manifestations of this energy and that maybe that malefic enclosure and moving forward, yeah. right? Um, Andrea is, is acknowledging uh, the, the I Ching and the monkey messages, uh, says Spencer, and here I am, a Chinese tiger, and we are friends. Yeah, I think that even if you have opposite animals in the zodiac, doesn't mean you can't be uh, friends. I mean, there's, there's things to learn from one another. Same thing with if you have a, like, let's say your sun signs are opposite. I have Capricorn friends as a Cancer uh, sun. I'm sure that CV, you have some Libra people in your life that you can learn from. Yeah, so sometimes they can be complementary uh, as well as as learning uh, from the different perspectives that one another have. So, yeah, and, and Andrea, I really appreciate your friendship. Um, Carol's a monkey. Rachel says, I could go to the other extreme, which is interesting. Yeah. Definitely, uh, we find balance through the extremes sometimes. Well, CV, we did it. We got through a myriad of symbols, stories, humbling uh, realizations, uh, a beautiful chat from our wonderful Astro community here. Thank, I want to thank everyone once again for participating. Uh, if you could do me a huge favor, folks, uh, I know it sounds cliche, but it really does help us if you, if you hit the like on the video. Um, becoming a subscriber of the channel is, is such a, a wonderful validation of the work that we're doing here as well. 
And again, if you want to make a donation to what we're doing, you can do a super chat with the chat here or after the fact, you can buy me a coffee at buymeacoffee.com. I would also say that if you're going through some tough times, um, both CV and I do uh, astrological readings. Uh, CV also does tarot now, right? Do you do tarot in person and virtually? Yeah. Okay. So uh, Detroit and New Jersey, I'm here for you. First. Yeah. So, so we can find CV at artofthezodiac.co, right? Dot .co. Yep. Um, and are you also doing your apothecary uh, goods? Yeah, I do. I still, I don't really talk about it, but you can buy stuff on my website or message me directly. Awesome. Uh, I make custom apothecary and, but yeah, mostly readings these days. Nice. So visit CV, follow her on Instagram because she has a number of really amazing guests, including uh, our friend William that was here today that has been a regular guest. So I will come on the show every once in a while and we'll, we'll, we'll chat and uh, I'll hand over hosting duties to CV and we have good conversations in that regard. Um, and, uh, yeah, make sure that you sign up for the Deccans of Aries and the spring bundle. If you haven't already, you've got till, uh, Friday to use the code Aries 20 to save 20% on either one of those. So I, that's what, it, what's that? I'm going to shout out to that. I want to say yeah. one, as far as guests go publicly, let me state here. I want to get Dr. Claire Moon back on yeah. because Dr. Claire Moon is also, um, one of my favorite astrologers who does yeah. a weekly thing on IG, but uh, your Deccans, right? Like, I think like if anyone's doing any sort of Deccan walk, right? Because here we go. Aries, mm -hmm. trying to take it from the start. This is a great chance. I feel like your Deccan webinar, if you haven't hopped on it already, what a way to begin in Aries. Oh, I appreciate that. I, I'm really enjoying this journey. And and I, I started at a weird place and I started in Virgo. Just, it was arbitrarily. It was like yeah. this, I'm going to start doing this. But yes, it is a great entry point at the astrological new year. Uh, and I, I really enjoy the conversations that we have in that. And I put a lot of work and energy just because of my own feelings of duty to, to my community to help educate them and to, you know, g be able to gift uh, practical ways of dealing with this energy, whether it's planets that you have in that Deccan or the people in your life that may have the planets in that Deccan or, you know, everybody has Aries somewhere in their chart. So being able to deal with that. So thank you so much for that shout out. And yes, Claire at Aligning Light Astrology, join CV for another talk. Uh, she is a great astrologer. Um, so that's what we've got for today. Yeah. Appreciate all of you. Appreciate you joining me. Um, we will have another uh, full moon talk uh, with a, a to be announced guest probably in a, in a couple of weeks here. And I'm probably going to do another uh, Q&A at some point as well. So keep your eyes peeled for that. You can sign up for my mailing list if you want to know when those are going to happen. So thanks, everyone. Thank you for being here, CV. Uh, I hope everyone has a great new moon and that you're able to establish your own sovereignty, independence, and that your dreams are, are manifesting for you and hang in there throughout all the challenging times as well. Remember, be kind to one another, be kind to yourself, and I'll see you the next time. Peace. Thank you. Bye.